does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Hey, a very good morning to you as always. Wake Up Call broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. It is a Friday. It's a football Friday. Pacers mixed in. A little college hoops. Our last show before Christmas. And God bless you. If you're out there traveling today, be safe. Take it slow. Uh, And for us, we got you here for the next three hours on the fan. 1075thefan.com as well. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton. Producing today's effort. Fellas, a good morning. We got some good Colts news yesterday. Pacers, not so much. Good morning. How are we doing? By the way, KB's got a hat on today. I like this. Good Christmas Friday hat. morning. Yes, a Christmas hat. I like that. That I'm rocking. I, I was going to venture to guess you would not be rocking one after you said you wanted bad Christmas songs <laughs> to be played. It's giving a run for the turkey hat, I think. All Friday morning. Yeah. Do you like this one or the turkey hat better? Uh, I like that one. You look more comfortable. The turkey hat looks like you're doing, uh, you know, like you're really trying to put forth the effort, but you looked miserable for three hours. You do not look yeah. miserable today. You look happy. You look cheerful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's I what you look like. here on this <laughs> December 22nd. As Andy said, safe travels, everybody out there. Uh, we will be off the next two Mondays, so... Well, four-day show weeks for us coming up here each of the next two weeks. Uh, And per usual, it is a busy Friday. Uh, We had, as Andy alluded to, uh, wins last night for Indiana and Purdue. The Pacers, I don't know. I I almost felt like I watched the Pacers last night, and it reminded me of Colts-Bengals from two weeks ago. And let me explain. Colts-Bengals, I felt like the Colts were in that game for like three minutes. Pacers-Grizzlies last night, I felt like the Pacers were in it for the last five minutes of the second quarter, and that was it. Now, like, maybe not it, as bad as Colts yeah. Bengals was, but, like, they really weren't super competitive. Is that too harsh? I don't think it is. I mean, it was, listen, it was a, it was a 22-point game. I wrote this down with 949. Hell, it was a 16-point game with two minutes and 40 seconds to go in the first half, and then they get it to two, and I guess they keep it close in the third quarter and then just get... Blown away, I I just, for me, you were hoping, I think the analysis was right for the Pacers, KB, that we were hoping that the slump buster that was the Charlotte Hornets was going to cut, was going to, you know, it was going to carry over a little bit, was it not? I had much higher expectations Uh, than that. I I did too, and I mean, we can make the excuse, well, it's Ja Morant's first game back, and, you know, the Grizzlies go from being a bad team, well under 500, to be now a pretty good good team. You would imagine they have been the last few years with John Morant, but still, uh, to be down immediately in the first quarter, to be down big where you have to fight back and then to lose again big, uh, we've talked about it at the end. They've lost these games, and they've lost these games by double figures. In the losing streak, it had been 18 per game. Last night, they lose by 13, and all this hope that you had built up in the Christmas season, the season of hope, KB, that this team was would go on the road and uh, take that Charlotte win and have it mean something. They didn't do it last night. I'm disappointed the way they played. It almost reminded me, it was almost a mirror image of the Rams-Saints game last night where the Rams, you never really thought the Saints were in it, where the the Rams are blowing their doors off, and all of a sudden they got a few scores like, 
okay, but it's like, kind of yeah. late in the game. Now we have a game, right. Like, yeah, oh, but mind. the second half, they just got outclassed. I mean, if you look at the Saints last night, they kind of backdoored it late. The yeah. Pacers never really backdoored it there in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, so, you know, again, disappointed because I had higher expectations. You're able to rest your starters a lot, you know, in that Charlotte game late. So I, I didn't think you'd feel kind of the full effects of the back-to-back per usual there. So uh, Tyrese Halliburton struggles continue for him. You know, obviously he has a standard that's different than everybody else in this team. And you can look at the, the what, 19 points and 14 assists, and those are obviously pretty good numbers. But uh, he has now had, I think it's at least four turnovers in every game since the in-season tournament. Uh, his struggles from three continue. Was it two of 12 last night? He was two of 12 last night, and I have something on this. Go ahead. I mean, continue, because these are like, not good shots either. Not all of them, at least. No, I mean, that is horrific yeah, for, it's terrible. For, for him. Obviously, for any player, two of 12 is bad, but particularly for him. So uh, struggles continue there ever since that in-season tournament. And Andy, I think this is a byproduct of welcome to NBA success. When you do this individually, when you do it as a team, People take notice, and you're going to have to deal with that on the scouting report. And um, you can make certainly a, a big argument defensively. That's the biggest issue for the Pacers. We've you know given you all the stats, and honestly, last night was one of their better defensive efforts of the season. But there's another side to me, Andy, that's like, damn, he needs a sidekick. He needs a consistent sidekick that when nights are like this for Halliburton, and again, this has kind of been the trend here over the last handful of games, He's got to do that and go get you 24 and then gets you 26 on the next night. And it's not a Matherin where it's one night and then four nights of quiet or Buddy Heald has one great shooting night and then a couple nights of quiet. Um, I, I, I do think that's maybe not as pressing as the defensive issues, but it's still pressing. I am, you know, I came in here and I'm not trying to do the lump of coal thing here, but I came in here and me and Mark were talking about it here before the show. I, I'm... I'm worried about the Pacers. I, I, I don't mind saying it. I, I'm They're not playing good basketball. And if you combine that with, you know, Halliburton's ascension also means, and along with the team, with what they did in the in-season tournament and what they did for, you know, about a month, if not three weeks here uh, a few weeks ago, you know, this team got all of the love. They were one of the talks of the league. There is no doubt about it. And we were kind of flying high in their five, six games over 500. And they have a couple wins over Giannis. And they make Giannis look like a buffoon when he was doing the whole game ball thing. And people are looking at it. And they're liking the Pacers. You know, but right now, they're not playing well. And, you know, listen, I think when you don't have other A-level players, you're relying on B-level players to always take their game to the next level, and that's not always going to happen. I have a question I want to get to maybe in the 7.30 hour if it changes anything that you think about the trade deadline and everything else, and then you throw in just how bad they are defensively. And, I mean, it's just wide open shot after wide open shot getting to the bucket. Offenses getting what they want. Like, I'm not saying they're not making the playoffs. I'm not saying that. 
What I am saying is we expected them to at least be, what, the sixth seed this year to not be in that play-in situation. And right now, they're the eighth seed in Brooklyn and Atlanta are just right behind them. And you go to the Grizzlies and lose by double figures. It is worrisome. And we said it five minutes ago. KB, they're losing these games and they're losing these games by double figures. Now, on a a consistent basis, they're losing by 13, 15, 18 points, and that's also not good enough. I'm very conflicted here on what to do. What avenue do we take here with this team? Yeah, I think another thing on Halliburton, you know, I was such an advocate of like any MVP list early in the year. He's on it. Oh, he had to be, sure. And a big reason why is just because he has so much damn responsibility for this team. Like, they need him at 25 and 12 every night and two turnovers. Like, that is the, that's the almost the requirement for the Pacers to play Whatever, acceptable, you know, five, six seed level, however you want to describe it. And so when he's not, when he's just a tick below that, when instead of the A A grade player he's been and now he's like a B minus or a B player, right? All of a sudden they don't have that give. Yeah. That, that almost cripples you, which I know is a lot of pressure to put on Halliburton, but that's kind of the reality of where the Pacers are at. Right now, it sounds like your confidence level with the Pacers is about my confidence level in Maddie opening up her presents on Christmas. Am I the only one that just buys and when I buy the gifts, there's just hope. I'm just it's kind of a half court shot. You're already handing the receipt like, here you go. I have all the receipts in one bag and I'm just thinking to myself, all right, hopefully it hits the rim. And it's not an air ball. Oh, you'll be fine. Now, do you, does, does everyone do like a, a You want to tell that to Maddie on well, Christmas morning? Does everyone do like a gift the night before? Does anyone do, you know, maybe a gift yeah, even we did uh, on start Friday that night a tonight years or, ago or what's where we going will on? Do, yeah, we will do one gift. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably tomorrow night, maybe. Yeah, yeah but you're going to be it. You guys, you know, your kids are old Rosie enough. They get I mean, it. That's a little different. Yeah, I their mean, faces are going to light up. Their little faces. What a great time for you two, you know? Little gas, he's too. He doesn't know what's going on. So I, I'll still be deep into the bourbon. You guys will have to, you know, take care of batteries and you know, fighting between siblings and cousins. <laughs> I am <laughs> everything such, else. Mark, you can you know, probably back this up. Can we not just get the batteries and the toys right I away? Know. Yeah, charge me an extra couple dollars. I will right. happily yeah. pay. We'll pay the money. One twenty nine instead of twenty nine twenty nine. Whatever to have two double A batteries in there, so the functioning of the toy can occur. Right away. Well, the worst is like, oh, you need C batteries or D batteries. I'm like, what the hell? That's like, the I- problem. Yeah. It's not when it's, yeah, when it's not double A, perhaps even you guys have triple A batteries know, honestly, that are probably, sitting around. I but should probably check the battery drawer to make no, sure that I mean, we've you need got to. them before Listen, anymore, you already Christmas know. Morning. You already know. It's like a game plan. It's like Carlisle or Steichen. Hey, they're giving, you're Mather and hey, I'm giving you the game plan, Jonathan Taylor, which by the way, good news yesterday, we'll dive into uh, game plan. Part of the game plan is, if you can't look on that box, look on the back, because because Mark's right. It's when they need something foreign. The C battery or the lithium ion battery, yeah. which is like 12 bucks for one of them. Yeah, when good luck. Good yeah, luck finding it, that at yeah, CBS. Yeah, exactly. When it's something like that, that's when you're in trouble. Well, the worst now, <laughs> with my kids getting older, is the assembly required for some of these toys, where it's like yeah, Barbie we Dream put houses a house and all together, that stuff. And so, yeah, on, on you know, Christmas Eve. Yeah. So I'm up in the wee hours of the morning assembling, you know, mm-hmm. Barbie Dream houses and stuff. My dad's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Do I look okay? Hold this part right here. Let me jam this jacuzzi in here. 
<laughs> Literally. I know. Well, Barbie had to have a jacuzzi. Yeah. That'll be mad. Come on, it's Barbie I, and Ken. The dream house. Yelling at to. each other, me going back to the liquor cabinet for one more. Uh, <laughs> on the good news front, as Andy Sweeney just laid out there, certainly Jonathan Taylor, I'd throw Michael Pittman mm-hmm. on that list as well. Both full participants yesterday in practice. Uh, you know, certainly how they react to yesterday, how they react to today are going to be key, key factors. But I think it is very fair to say, and I think I said something to this effect yesterday, uh, to steal a phrase from Chuck Pagano, they are trending in the right direction, and I would say the right direction to play on Sunday. Now, I might be in the minority of this. Andy, I'm out there watching practice yesterday. By the way, did not see Matt Gay kick in front of us. He usually does kick in front of us yesterday. They listed him as limited with the right hip injury. He did not. Um, So, as of now, no kickers on the practice squad, so I assume he's still going to play. But, again, just something to watch. I think they should whack the hell out of Jonathan Taylor in practice. (laughs) You know, everyone's like, no, no, no. You know, if you whack him too hard, you're not going to be employed by the Colts any longer. Don't you want to whack him and see if he can hold it at at Eagle Creek? (laughs) You're making me uncomfortable with all this whacking talk. But Versus in Mercedes-Benz on a third and one come... You know, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, but it's not like Zaire Franklin who gets to whack him. Like, you, you bring up, is it a practice squad guy sure. or is it a player? Whoever. Or is it a, a main player for Blue you that gets for all to whack him? Okay. Don't you want to find out if he can handle it in practice before you... Te- well, you have to do something to make sure. Yeah, he's got to get hit in practice to make sure he can hang on to the football. Like, I posted a few clips yesterday of him going through, like, the ball security, you know, drills. No, that and doesn't I'm like, mean anything. you got to whack the hell out no, of him. No, no, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't need that. So I need Zaire I, Franklin to... We need to do the old drill. You put the running back on one side. Was that the? It wasn't the Oklahoma drill, was it? You put the running back on one side. You put the defender on another, and and they and they yeah, combine I, and they meet like the XFL. That's I, the way you have to do. I don't it, know if the NFLPA is signing <laughs> off on that. Come on, Steichen. I don't know if Malky Kawa is going to well, love that. You know, for his cl- client. Uh, do a close practice. You know, shut the doors. Get the media out of there. But I I think that would be pretty beneficial to get an idea of how Jonathan Taylor can handle. And again. You're going to need Taylor, it looks like. We have not seen Zach Moss the first two days of practice. It looks like another missed game for Braden Smith. So that storyline continues this season. So we'll update you on the Colts' front. Uh, And again, Purdue and Indiana head to Christmas break. The Boilermakers handle business in front of Mackey's faithful first time in 17 days. How about a 100-burger with Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer having like eight points combined? Yeah, and they covered... And they covered. I was flipping they around. They covered 30 well, and a half there was so There was so much on last night. You know, the Purdue game started to move down the dial a little bit for me when it's a, you know, a 35-point game. You but hate I, Dolphins but I, is what you're saying. Well, that's it. Uh, and I eventually flipped back and I'm like, they man, those sons of, they they covered that 30 and a half. I wasn't sure Indiana covered and won big game from Malik Purdue last night. How that shooting Bloomington? I, I, 12 threes, the high of the Mike Woodson era Andy, the most made threes in a game this season before last night? Uh, I mean, boy, four? Six. Okay, see, that's more. I mean, this is easily going to be the best three-point shooting that they will have all season long. Was last night. There's no doubt. Big assist number. That was really unlike Indiana we've seen this season. Obviously, the first really stress-free game as well. I know single digits at halftime against North Alabama, but... Really no contest there in the second half. Um, so Indiana and Purdue both get wins here before, again, I think each of them eight days off. Now coming up. Plenty to get to on this Friday morning. Thank you for spending uh, the final day of the work week with us. Hopefully you are either half-assing it at work <laughs> or working very hard because you're about to take multiple days off after this. Uh, and if you have any shopping and you're doing it on this Friday morning, good luck.
hope and a prayer. Throw a half-court shot up there. Keep the receipt. Those are all mm. core beliefs that I God live bless by you. from a shopping standpoint. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us. You are listening to The Wake Up Call. KB and Andy, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, in Memphis last night, we'll start there for your morning check down. By the way, we need to set it up. Break Straw going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, coming your way at 9 a.m. Our normal Friday show, 8.30 or so, we'll uh, give our picks. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. 116-103, Grizzlies over the Pacers last night. It's a little long, KB, but Carlisle, post-game, talking about the game, everything that went into it. We got unlucky with, with some miscues and some missed shots. Generally speaking, they, they shot the ball extremely well you know that was really what put us behind the eight ball in the first half I love the way we hung in um, kept fighting got it to two at halftime ended up taking a lead then there were some plays that I thought were pivotal plays I thought the the technical that Neesmith got came at a bad time he had made a great play and then they just you know he looked at the guy that who shot blocked and they and they just give him a technical which is what they do that's something that's you know we got to avoid next time and then you know, the foul on Mather in, in transition that was overturned, I thought, was, was a tough break. I mean, overall, this is was, it was a very tough game for a lot of reasons. Uh, we didn't play well, but we, we kept competing. You know, I was proud of the way the team really, really kept their poise and aggression through that difficult stretch to start the game. And then, you know, even in the third and early fourth. So we got to get home and get ready for the next one. So there's going to be another physical battle with Orlando. Yeah, I, I was disappointed. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I wholeheartedly agree with all of that there, to be honest with you. Season low in points. Um, coming off the back-to-back when your starters don't really play that many minutes. I, I, I was hoping for a little bit more competitive fourth quarter than what we got last night. Uh, Bruce Brown not being twenty million at all. Uh, he's one of four in the game. You know, you kind of have him to be that you know marquee defender as well. And then again, Halliburton. Ever since the in season tournament, uh, the defenders and the length thrown at him have clearly bothered him, rattled him. Two of twelve from three last night for Tyrese and his turnover numbers since the in season tournament: seven, three, four, 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 and another four turnovers last night. That's what Carlisle said. It'll be the magic coming up tomorrow night. All right, Colts injury report from yesterday. Again, yesterday was their first official practice of the week. I would say all in all, good news on the injury report. Um, You have full participants for Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. The thing that stood out to me about Michael Pittman Jr. yesterday, Andy, no red jersey. So he's already out of the non-contact portion. He could pass today, the independent neurologist, and be cleared uh, for Sunday. That extra day clearly helping Michael Pittman Jr. Again, for Taylor, a lot of this is just tested out in practice. In all likelihood, he'll have some sort of you know wrap, padding, everyone to describe it. On that right hand, that is his dominant hand he mentioned yesterday. So that'll be something we can get into here in a little bit. On the flip side, Matt Gay again was limited with a right hip injury. He did not kick in front of us. He usually does in a field goal session. There's no other kicker on the roster, so I assume he'll be good for Sunday. Guys that did not practice, the two most notable, no Zach Moss and no Braden Smith. Yeah, let me ask you something. Is this since which week? And I, I, I'm just I'm just throwing this out here. I'm not expecting you to know the exact week. It feels like the Colts will be as healthy 
this late in the year as you could be. Now, Zach Moss is a loss, but if you get Jonathan Taylor back and you saw the other two running backs play well, Goodson and Sermon, that that would easily be enough, right? At, at running yeah, back, I mean, or at least, about it, at least what? one of those guys is going to play. Obviously, no Richardson, no Dallas Flowers, no Braden Smith. Am I missing anybody else? Yeah, I mean, Bra- I guess my thing is Brandon Smith has missed so much right, time. Right, right. It's almost that, like Blake Freeland yeah, is your new starter. That they're, that they're used to him missing time. Now, but the- I, I think for any team in week 16, if you have 19 of your 22 starters, and I hope I'm not missing anybody, but I think that's right. Yeah, You're I mean, and, and, you know, Anthony's been long term, right? And sure, Braden's sure, sure, you know, sure. yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of been long term. Right. It's easily a guy that could have been on IR. So, yeah, there, it's not 100% healthy. But when you talk about, you know, I mean, Gardner Minshew is now your quarterback, obviously. Pittman, you didn't know if he was going to be back after taking that vicious hit in the game on Saturday. He's going to be back. If Jonathan Taylor is in there, you have a couple other running backs that have shown that, hey, we can come in and we can play some NFL football. The thing, and I said this yesterday, and we'll We'll move on here on the checkdown. The thing that I find interesting with Matt uh, with um, with Matt Gay is I'm just called him Matt Guy. Uh, is, is that Kyle Guy's brother? With Matt, Matt Guy, yeah. he's <laughs> a great human. I actually know a Matt Guy. <laughs> Do you? There you go. It's a common name. With Matt Gay is you know if, if he is this injured. Is it something that's going to be easy to tweak during the game? And that's yeah. the worry. Again, yeah. if, if if Jonathan Taylor goes out there and he he's in there for ten carries, we get to the third quarter and he's like, my you know my hand's not right, my wrist isn't right, something's wrong here. He leaves the game and Sermon and or Goodson or if Moss is able to go, they come in the game and they get more run. If Matt Gay goes out, I mean it's going to be it's going it's going to be the I mean you're not going to be able to to kick the ball off. You know it's going to be you're going to be Tryouts, you know, at halftime right, who played or between quarters. Well, I mean, we've seen that a couple times. Why this, do I feel like this Alec NFL Pierce season has got a good left foot? Well, I, yeah, you might be right. That might add on to James Boyd's story there in the athletic. That's my only thing with Matt Gay is if he can't go, it really does change the way you view field goals, extra points, kickoffs, and everything like that. If it's something easy that he can tweak, that would just be something I would be worried about. But That's also, it. we can hop into next segment. This line continues to shift in Two and an a half. Atlanta direction. I, I cannot recall the start of the week, the line being four and a half points different by the end of the week, and I would say the injury report has favored the Colts. Honestly, like I'm like, what am I missing? Did Gardner or Mitchell get arrested last night? Yeah, like, I mean, Matt Gay's not worth on? all of this. No. He's not worth a three, four point shift. And again, it looks like Matt Gay's going to play. I yeah, mean, it's not, I, I'm yeah, with so, you. Uh, very confused on that end. There's the swoosh. Zero confusion last night in Bloomington or West Lafayette. Let's start with the number one ranked Boilers. They put up 100 on the Dolphins of Jacksonville. You talk about an easy cover. Imagine being a Jacksonville. I've got 30 points to play with tonight. And you leave Jacksonville alone. <laughs> leave them alone. They were eight and four on the I year. Know, I was leave like, them alone. Gosh, is this going to be somewhat well, competitive? Did, I mean, they did something. They, they doubled Braden Smith. They, you know, they... You know, I don't know. They held him they to two did points. Something. They I, doubled Braden Smith. I mean, they're there like, they're like well, they're doubling they gave Zach They 100 Heaney. in college yeah, basketball. Like Matt Painter, after the game, I was listening to some of the sound this morning. He's like, hey, you know, they had a good game playing here and here. And I'm like, uh, again, they emptied the bench yeah. there Are in West Lafayette. Are you trying to hire their head coach if yeah. he becomes an assistant? Uh, I was like, yeah, 15 guys played last night. For Balance Purdue. for the Boilers galore. <laughs> Edie was the leading scorer with 18. Uh, Lance Jones, 16. Drake Hoffman ran one of his better games this season with 15. Miles Colvin in double figures. 
at 11. Again, Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer combined for eight, and they still score 100. And then in Bloomington, it was the very rare shooting night for Mike Woodson's bunch. 12 of 24 from behind the arc. Uh, Malik Renew, a career-high 25 points and easily the first breather of the season for Indiana. That is 83-66 over North Alabama that is now there it is over a week off for the Hoosiers and Xavier Johnson watch will continue post Christmas seven games scoring in double figures in a row for Mackenzie and Bago like you mentioned Malik Renew 25.7 rebounds uh, in the win Galloway playing a little point last night uh, they talked about that post game yeah he did total. he did that's, that's a, a lot of assists so total. Uh, with Indiana listen they haven't done well against bad teams They've let bad teams or mid-major, lower mid-major teams who aren't as good kind of hang around with them. Last night, they went by 17. Good second half there. Thursday night football last night. It was the Are the Rams dangerous? Oh, I think the Rams mm-hmm. are up to the sixth seed. Yeah, I mean, I would have McVay. You know, we've talked about Stefanski, Stike, and D'Amico Ryans, head coach of the year. You know, you could throw in there Dan Campbell if you want. I'm sure there's another guy or two. To me, Sean McVay, we talked about them getting Caleb Williams. Matthew Stafford stayed healthy. And uh, Puka Nakua, like, he very well could win rookie of the year. He has better rookie numbers right now than Randy Moss did. He still has two games. Oh, to go. Puka and Cooper, quite the duo there. It sounds like twins on a Real Housewives show. Uh, they are a pretty darn good duo there. And again, right now the Rams are one of those wild card teams. All likelihood, it looks like they are going to be on the road in that first round, and that's going to be a dangerous team. That is a bad loss for the Saints at home when you consider what they need from a home, or excuse me, not a home, but what what they need uh, for their playoff. Uh, standing 30-22 last night. They tried to make it interesting, could not get one more stop there late in that game. Big night for Matthew Stafford uh, and the NFC South. Somebody's got to win it. I guess it'll be Tampa. Maybe? I think it's next week. It's Bucks Saints, so that'll be the division probably. Gosh, unbelievable. Yeah, but here's what kills me. Here's what kills me about the here's what kills me about the and I know like he's had a fine game, but like, you know, you bring in Carr and you pay him big money and Alvin Kamara and all these guys. And I'm sorry, it's to it's to be better than than that. Oh, in that in that kind yeah, of a yeah, game yeah. where you're down to three games. I mean, the it's Saints, an NFC game. Everything's on the line, I mean, right? The Saints' season this year has been the Colts' season for the last few years, basically. You think you're a veteran quarterback away in a mediocre division? You make that move and you continue to be mediocre. Kyron, um, so Kyron Williams on the Rams, by the way, he's I, outstanding. I just loved him at Notre Dame. I, I'm very happy to see him. Have I forgot he was a Notre Dame guy. That yeah, he has had. it's a fifth round pick. Yeah, he was great at Notre Dame. Just uh, too small is why he got drafted so late. All right, on the other side, we'll get more into the Colts and Falcons again. This line, it is weird. Started as Colts favored by two at the start of the week. Falcons, you said two and a half. Last you saw? Yeah, I'm going to look it up on uh, scores and odds because they have the line moving from when it actually opened all the way to today. So I want to dive into that. And then I do have a question. You touched on it back end of the segment. I want to talk. I have a question on the Pacers for you. Now that they've been losing, does it change the way you view what they may or may not do at the trade deadline or in the offseason as well. I will toss in some interesting Jonathan Taylor comments in relation to his injury yesterday, so we'll share that with you coming up next as well. Greg Gregshaw, 8, Matt Taylor, 9. Early Merry Christmas, early Happy Holidays. Thank you for spending that with us. Good Friday morning to you. 
Yeah, I hope everyone has a, uh, a fantastic long weekend. If you're working, God bless you. If you're traveling today, take it slow. Boy, the roads are going to be wild today. State cops are going to be out too, KB. That <laughs> version. Don't a $200 ticket on the way out. That version of White Christmas, I immediately think of Kevin and Home Alone. Oh, God, I love Home Every Alone. Every time in the mirror. It really oh, yeah. is. my. It's, it's, my, it's shave, one of my favorite comb, movies. All of it. We got to watch. I think the Bones are going to watch that tonight. Well, that has to be it. If there was we like got nothing one, tonight, right? Oh, there's nothing going on tonight. Is there like sports wise? It was all last night. Patriots there was Magic way too tomorrow. much going on last night. Yeah, we yeah. got nothing. Speaking uh, of Home Alone, well, did you see the? Tr- it's currently like trending. They unearthed this clip of Sis- Siskel and Ebert reviewing Home Alone three, <laughs> and Ebert says Home Alone three is the best of the Home Alones, and what? Siskel's looking at him. Oh my god, like he is really? On crack cocaine. <laughs> He's like, are you insane? He's like, it's Macaulay Culkin. What do you leave it to the three hundred and 50-what yeah. day of the year for the dumbest comment of 2023 to be <laughs> He was uttered. like, how how are you picking that kid over Macaulay Culkin? I don't get it and stuff. It, it's pretty funny. Home Alone, That's blasphemy. Home Alone 2 is the one where tr- A, Trump's in it, and B, it had the handheld... God, re- I forgot about that. It had the handheld recorder. Remember oh, that talk one? Boy. I got the talk he, boy for we might go Now that yeah. we think about it, let's go Home Alone tonight and then maybe Home, Home Alone 2 for a few minutes and then immediately regret it and go to bed. Well, there you go. Maybe Bad Santa, mix that in at some oh, point. The kids have to be asleep for that one. I tried to put that one on the other day, and it was on MTV, and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, yeah, even even censored, this isn't ideal. Yeah, even censored, this isn't good. Although, you know, it happened to a buddy of mine. We can move on. It happened to a buddy of mine. He, he They prepaid, which is what you have to do somewhere. They prepaid to go see Santa. Okay. What? Well, I mean, no, you pre, pre, well, you prepay places. That's not crazy anymore. Really? You get a Am time. Yeah, you get a time. Ten thirty in the morning, four o'clock in the afternoon. You get a time. You go there. You prepay, which means you get to meet Sandy. You get the picture, the pictures, whatever it may be. And so, you know, he went, and they're like. Santa will be right back. And, and they waited and they waited and it's 20 minutes and he has two small kids and now it's 25 minutes and now it's a half an hour. As you guys can imagine, standing in this line, okay? Plus you've paid 50 bucks. You paid 50, 60 dollars for it. And they're like, Santa's in the bathroom. Oh. And then they're like, Santa's not in the bathroom. We don't know where Santa is. Oh boy, did he get stage fright? <laughs> he eventually showed up, but he, I mean, they had the pictures, and it was it was an old man. It was an also it wasn't like a Billy Bob Thornton, I guess you could say, like a younger man who was drunk on the job. They're like, we don't know if Santa's in the bathroom or not. <laughs> cleaning up, Vic- I made seventy five dollars for this. You know, a little. Kibbles and bits outside. Yeah, a little, me- a little, me- a little mess outside. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, what did I call it? Animal dung, <laughs> dung. Mark. Yeah, crusty dung. I believe is what the official word is. Okay, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> good news on that front. Speaking of Grand Park, boy, think about the drama there with Jonathan Taylor back in uh, July and August. Uh, spoke to the media yesterday again. Andy, first practice for him in three weeks. Now he did speak prior to practice starting. But I do think a clip kind of enlightening. Basically, he goes back to when the injury occurred. I mean, remember the Tampa game? I mean, he he has no idea which play it occurred on. A lot of people talked about, oh, just wrap it up, tape it up. He touches on a little bit of that as well and pretty much how big of a practice day yesterday was for him. Again, a few clips here from Jonathan Taylor on his injury status. Happened? I couldn't even tell you. I just came back to the sideline. Man, something's not right. Like, hey, this is kind of weird. Checked out by the trainers and thought it was a jam. So heavy tape job, heavy tape job. Until of course you find out at the end of the game what's really going on. Like, what, what did it feel like? Was it like you can't like squeeze it or 
you kind of just don't have any power like you can't you got power but you just, it, it won't let your body won't let you like i'm squeezing but it's, it's not like that yeah anything. it's not anything giving me anything and now yeah, first day, full speed back. So, I mean, of course, everything we've been doing has been training room and, you know, control, but full speed is you got full velocity on the ball. You got guys coming after the ball. It's, it's going to be a big day. So, just like ball security, pass protection? Yeah. Those are the things. What do you think of the hurdles you have to clear personally to be available for something um, I don't think I don't think it's anything close to the ankle at all. Um, thankfully. So we're just going to go out there and we'll hit it. You expect him to play? Depends on how this today goes and tomorrow. Really today, today's the first full. That, this will tell you a lot, first of all, speed day. How much of this do you think? You know, again, he was full yesterday, Andy, in practice. Obviously, as you just said there, the reaction to today, the reaction to tomorrow will be key. I think an important thing to walk away from those clips with Taylor is he doesn't think it's anywhere as close as the ankle in terms of the you know strenuous difficulty and you know having a rather smooth rehab process and getting back to the field even if you get away from the drama from a few months ago if you just go back to late last season there were several weeks Andy where we would be there on a Thursday talking to Taylor it would look like he'd play and then all of a sudden something would change in the 48 hours between Thursday and an active's coming out before game time so if you hear him talk yesterday Again, he doesn't think this sort of injury is going to be the same thing. He mentioned, like, it's an upper body injury. I've been able to run. I've been able to kind of keep my wind up, uh, even though he hasn't practiced in three weeks. Having said all of that, you know the Atlanta Falcons have it high atop the defensive priority list. When number 28 touches the ball, you rip at it because the right hand is the dominant hand. That's what he usually carries the ball in. That's where this injury has occurred. Uh, and ball security, of course, is going to be of the utmost importance for Jonathan Taylor come Sunday. How much, I guess, seeing Sermon and Goodson play the way that they did on Saturday against Pittsburgh, that gives us a little bit more hope that if Taylor is limited in this game and Moss doesn't play, that the Colts are, and I say, okay, you obviously want the better players to play. I I want to be clear with that, but that makes you feel at least a little bit better, or are you looking at last week and you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and you say, that's a team that was ready to lay down like a dog, or is it somewhere in between? That's probably the answer. There's no way to say this without it coming as a shot at Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson. I thought so much of your you know, darn impressive run game effort last week, Andy, was due to your own. Was the offensive line, right? Oh, I, sure. I, I just thought they set sure. the tone for you. It was funny. I uh, The Colts uh, put out a video. It was a great shot. They put one of their camera people up in the catwalk area and, you know, kind of filmed the. I mean, you talk about an all 22 shot of it. It was just a great, great camera angle from a run play. And I tweeted it out. And I'm like, boy, this is blocked so, so well. And it was, and I didn't even think of it when I tweeted the clip out. It was a Trey Sermon run up the middle for, you know, whatever, 10 or 12 yards. And several people responded with, can you imagine if that was Taylor? Like, it was blocked that well that Trey Sermon and what what is his 40-yard dash time? 4-5, you know, something like that uh, is obviously not Taylor there on that front. But again, on Friday morning at 745, pending what happens in today's practice, uh, Chuck Pagano would be proud of me, trending in the right direction. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman to play. I think it's fair to say with Pittman, barring a setback, he should play. Now, Ryan Kelly has had late week 
concussion setback. So guys do have that. But as long as you know everything checks out today, the independent neurologist, I think Michael Pittman's good to go. I want to see both of these guys play. Like, period. I, I, I want to see... I mean, Jonathan Taylor... Colts fans would cheers well, you to I mean, that. listen, Jonathan Taylor got the new contract, and with Taylor, the conversation has always been, he is special. That is why you pay him. That is why you don't go running back by committee like a Zach Moss and a Sermon and a Goodson. That's why you have an alpha dog. And so if he can go out there and play, I want to see him play. Like, I want to see Taylor play bad. I, I think, you know, the Colts have been fortunate that, you know, Taylor came back against, what, Tennessee and Jacksonville, and he was very much a part-time player in that Tennessee game. Seven touches. Jacksonville, they ramped him up. He got five catches uh, on that day. If you remember that Jacksonville game, 13 touches in that game. So, you know, he missed four games, and then he came back, um, and, and, you know, he kind of had two games where it took him a little while to get his feet under him. And then you have him missing three games. So he's missed seven games. And then if you th- throw on top of it, Tennessee and Jacksonville, where he was very much limited. They were very much trying to get him back acclimated and everything else. I mean, those are nine games where you really haven't had Jonathan Taylor. You either haven't had him or he has been, you know, severely limited. One of a, you know three guys that's going to run the football. I want to see Jonathan well, Taylor play. I mean, Andy, the last time we saw him, that was the best we've seen him in 2023. Yeah. That, uh, I no, mean, no. The remember Tampa, how good he looked in that Tampa no, game? No, in Tampa Bay. I mean, they gave him the ball at the end of the game. You know, he was injured with that right, uh, with that right hand injury and everything else. We well, carried the ball with his right hand. The final play of the game, he laid down uh, and they ran out the clock. No, I am like I'm bullish. If this team, you know, they've been able. I don't want to say limp along, okay, but they've been able to overcome, overcome, overcome. At some point. And maybe now is it's starting to happen. I think truly if Braden Smith comes back and plays at a high level, that will take him uh, kind of over the hump there. I want to see these guys play. And Jonathan Taylor, to me, uh, is at the top of the list. I mean, they, they have won games here without Taylor. And I really feel like you throw him back in to the lineup and they're even more dynamic with everything they can do. They haven't had... A time this season, KB, do you feel this way to where they've had, I mean, maybe, I don't know, New England, he had a lot of touches. Tampa Bay would be the game. Maybe Carolina. But again, Carolina's so bad that you feel like, okay, they're the Colts and, and Jonathan Taylor is like here and he's ready to go. They've they've had like two weeks where that's been the case. Explain to me why this line has changed. Okay, I don't know. Okay, so I... The Colts I, are a two-point favorite on Monday morning. At that point, you would say Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr., their statuses were in question. Uh, for those not keeping up to date with Atlanta's injuries, uh, good on you. You should be worried about other things in your life. It's not like Atlanta has had some drastic change in their injury situation this week. I don't think Taylor Heineke is this just like massively significant upgrade from Desmond Ritter. Why was it minus two Colts favorite on Monday to we sit here Friday morning and now the Colts are a two-point underdog? You look at it when it opened. Okay, I'll go back to the 17th. Do we have a so big this bet is... here from Usher with his Falcons? <laughs> Who's the guy, Mattress Mac? 
who I had to interview one time at like eight o'clock Is that in the, the morning. The Marlins guy. Why am no, I picturing the Marlins Ma- guy? No, Mattress Mac. He's no. the one that Did makes the owner the- of Magic City put a lot of money. <laughs> remember, on the Ma- you remember Mattress Mac? He's yeah, the guy that put the big money uh, on like the Houston Astros every year. He's put big money. He's changed the line of the Kentucky Derby. Is he involved significantly? Here? I don't know. Okay, so just just move the line aside. The money line has moved uh, after the games on Sunday. On the 17th, okay? No, this would have been, yeah, this would have been Sunday. uh, Less than 24 hours after the Colts beat down the Steelers and scored 30 straight points. Indianapolis on the money line. You could get them at minus 124. That's why I'm looking at scoresandodds.com. The money line now, again, minus 124 is the money line for the Colts. Today, it sits, uh, I'm looking at it, at plus 116 is the money line. That's substantial. And again, for our audience out there that might be unfamiliar with what exactly that means, I'll go with the old, if you lay a $10 bet. If you were to bet $10 right now on the Colts to win the football game, um, you would win $11.60. There you go. And if you bet on the Falcons to win said football game at $10, you would win. Seven dollars and thirty-five cents. So yeah, there you it's, go. It's plus one twenty even on DraftKings. KB, I don't know. We talked like, yesterday. Are the Falcons good? I, I guess. I, I mean, it's scaring me a little bit. I mean, well, don't you see? I mean, Atlanta plays close games. Atlanta has led. We had what Josh Kendall on yesterday from the Athletic, who follows the Falcons, and he said they've had how many games? It was several games where where they have led. In the final 30 seconds of a game. The last two games, I think, was the stat that he gave us. So, they're not a bad team. They are they have a lot to play for. So, they're at home. You are getting points. That's the only thing I can say as, as to why. But otherwise, the Colts have had the better quarterback. The Colts are going to have, you would imagine, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Right? What are we missing here? I guess that's the thing. What are we missing here? If you like the Colts and you can get them up to plus two and a half, buy the half point up to a field goal and enjoy it because it's going to be a close game. That's what they're saying. It's going to be a close game, and the Colts aren't remarkably better than than the Atlanta Falcons, even though they have a much better record than the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Josh Kendall told us yesterday he expects it to be half empty. You know, I mean, it's Christmas Eve afternoon. Yeah, so he what does home if, field advantage mean? Not if, much. You know, he said if they did a poll of fans right now, the overwhelming would want tank versus potentially went out. I mean, I know Heineke had some magic against the Colts last year. He has not been good with Atlanta this year. It's a skill group, Andy, that you just shrug your shoulders at. They actually have a ton of running backs. They probably are a little bit more run-centric uh, with the variety of running backs that they use. Patterson's a guy that they use in a variety of ways. Um, but, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson, it's all these top 10, top 15 guys, and you're just kind of left wanting more. Again, it's a very nondescript defense that's been pretty solid. That's been kind of the heavy lifter. Now, granted, look at the quarterbacks they faced. I mean, they're in the worst division in football. So um, it, it is confusing to me. It'll be a 1 o'clock kick. Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth on Fox. Again, scoreboard watching for the Colts. Nothing mattered, obviously, last night with Saints and Rams. Tomorrow, Andy, you've got two games that do matter a whole, whole lot. Now, one of them is more of a coin flip. That's kind of Bengals at Steelers. Jamar Chase officially ruled out for that game. If you are a Colts fan, you want Pittsburgh 
at home to take care of business. Cincinnati has the same record as you. They obviously have the head-to-head tiebreaker, whereas Pittsburgh is now a full game behind you without the head-to-head tiebreaker. And then in the nightcap, you hope for a miracle. You hope that uh, the cross-country flight does something for the Bills. Uh, that is Chargers and Bills. So two eight and six teams along with you. You better keep hoping tomorrow <laughs> with the Chargers. With the Chargers and Bills, you better hope. What about you better the ghost keep of Peacock? There. That's a yeah, Peacock. The ghost of Peacock might have to do it. You know what's scary? Me. You can imagine someone. Come on, Easton Stick. You can do it, buddy. <laughs> no ma- Keenan Allen, right? Yeah. Did I see that? There's f- no there's, Keenan Allen. There's fans of other teams. Like, can the Chargers do it? Like, no, the Chargers can't do it, my man. Wouldn't it be such you, a Bills loss oh, to lose? Oh, it end their season. It probably end their season. Yeah. Come on, After, Kip Smith. Isn't that his name again? What do we? Say? I think it is coach's name. He was the outside linebacker coach Easton before. Stick and Giff Smith. That's what's going to take it down. Yeah, and whoever hell the, they're throwing out. Did your chair just break? Well, what no. What happened? I had, you just um, took the wheel off. What happened? Yeah, I had uh, run over the cord to oh, my headset. Oh Lord, I'm looking and now at it. The, That's uh, cord a mess. Is stuck on the wheel. Mm. So this will be my project here for the next few minutes. For the next five minutes. Well, while you do that, uh, last thing for me, Greg Rakestraw going to join us here in about seven minutes. You know the the thing that has confused this game for me. Is is this the line movement? And if you're expecting a close game, there's a lot of things that can happen. So the line movement uh, is one of those. Young Way Coos right leg. Yeah, maybe that's it. Not spelled that way. And then just the other piece of analysis with all of this. And you did this segment yesterday for people that don't know. And I know you had the numbers. I haven't even written down the Raiders and Texans. Are by far playoff wise much bigger games. So while this, while you want to win this game, this I is almost, the least important it, of your next. It's three. by far right. the the least important game. Uh, if you won this game and then spit the bit, if you will, the next two weeks, especially the final week against Houston, you could be in a lot of trouble. And the Atlanta win might not mean a lot. And so that's what's also confusing me uh, just just about this entire... Like, I don't know who I'm going to pick when we do our picks in 35 minutes. Really? I, wow, yeah, the you're last, there. Okay. The last couple weeks, huh. and, and and I don't respect Atlanta I, or Taylor I think Heineke. Colts, I, I think Colts win this for sure. Yeah, it's just... I mean, if you're expecting... Are you expecting a close game, or is Atlanta going to have the same feel that the Steelers did last week? And that is, you know, we've we've been in this thing for 14 weeks or so. And we're done. We've had two heartbreaking losses. We keep changing quarterbacks, and we're ready to lay down in the second half. If that's the case, run Jonathan Taylor to yeah. the until the game's I think over. Falcons fans think Arthur Smith is a doofus. I think they look at their environment and think, let's spend it with family on set on Sunday. The only thing that's curious to me is like, even in all their losses, and they've lost to bad teams. I saw a stat last night. There are six teams eliminated from playoff contention already in the NFL. Six teams eliminated from playoff contention. The Falcons have lost to four of those six. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Commanders. But the only thing is, Andy. Cardinals. Panthers, of course, last Titans. Week, uh, all of these losses are by five points or less. So they're like in it. They just don't get it done late well, in I, games. I, Is that what we're going to? Because Pittsburgh laid down. Uh, are we going to get that from Atlanta or is it going to be 30 I to know, 26? I, I, yeah. I you mean, know, is it going to be 24, 21? Shane Steichen would call them desperate. We would call them bad. Bad, bad. and teetering. Yeah. And if you punch them, <laughs> It could be all over. So, uh, more on that. Greg Ragshaw coming up next. Matt Taylor, 9 o'clock. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Thanks for spending it with us. 
right, Greg Rakestraw going to join us here coming up in just a second. Reminder, Matt Taylor coming your way at 9 o'clock. Our final show uh, before the Christmas weekend will be off Monday. The next two Mondays uh, will be off, uh, but we'll be back on Tuesday talking about everything. Now, you have, you're going to be on the air, but you have a trip coming up, right? Yeah, we, Florida? Uh, with my in-laws, we go to Florida uh, good every for you. year post-Christmas. So, yeah, I'll be doing it remote uh, end of next week and then out, I think, the first two days of the following week. You guys just um, get a big house. Week. I mean, do you have a spot to where you can go yell and scream on the radio and not wake everybody up in the house or well, what? How does that work? Yeah, that can be a bit dicey there. <laughs> do you so. have to whisper on the radio? Yeah, it, it's always like, all <laughs> right, where, whispering uh, about Jonathan Taylor. Is there an outlet in this bathroom? Can I can I somehow make this Comrex work? So that'll be my oh, life man. here for a couple of days. I know people that have done many a shows in hotels and they've right? been, and, you know, in the morning, like seal, 6, 7 a.m. morning you shows. You to be at the end of the hallway, right? right? Well, I was, was going to say there's some uh, neighbors next to him who were so happy when they're yelling and screaming about college basketball or the NFL uh, or whatever it may be. Uh, we'll give us, uh, we'll give you our picks coming up in about a half an hour. Like I said, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, coming up at nine o'clock. All right, uh, you're you're roadie. Uh, you guys had a good time. Christmas came uh, early. Uh, for Christmas me this came week. early for the Citadel against Whoa. Notre Dame. Uh, Greg Rakestraw joining about just us. The basketball. It's about I know, the friendship I know. and the bonding and the bonding and the. And the the male bonding and the the snacks and the Mountain Dews and everything else. Greg Rakestraw joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, good morning. Happy holidays. How are you, sir? Good, friends. How are we doing? Uh, we're fantastic. Uh, f- so how was it hanging out with KB and watching him watch his favorite team get blown out by the Citadel yeah. on Tuesday? Can we not talk about like <laughs> maybe seeing the Golden Dome or having a Touchdown nice drink Jesus. in the Morris End? I mean, there's other parts than just the game. It was really cool. I can tell of KB's true passion for the team when at the eight-minute mark he goes, hey, you want to leave at the after-four media timeout? In other words, you don't want to save the bitter end, knowing the direction this thing was heading. We get to a free throw at about the 420 mark, and he's like, let's bail. So I needed you to scratch my back at that point, Rake. But this is is not exactly, you know, some sort of – you know, faux interest in the team. This is a legitimate thing. He could not stomach the thought of being there to watch the bitter end of the Citadel beating the Irish by 20. Unbelievable. I was telling Andy and Mark, uh, Citadel's best player on Tuesday night was a Mike Bray walk-on at Notre Dame. I mean, does that just add? Does that salt meat wounds? Walk on at Notre Dame, and he's the Citadel's best player. Rake, I was telling people, every exit you had, just a great anecdote for me on that end. And it got me thinking, and I meant to ask you this, but honestly, it kind of hit me as I was walking into my house on Tuesday night. And thank you very much for driving, by the way. If you had to tell someone you can go to one high school gym above I-70, one high school gym below I-70, what would be your answers? The one below I seventy would be the Hatchet House. That's always a place I've, I've loved. Um, you know, Seymour is 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 thought to be the mecca of Southern Indiana, and it largely is. I would say Hatchet House below I seventy. North of I seventy, I don't have as much experience. I may be going to it to the next couple of days. I'll be Memorial Gym in Kokomo. I've got two games this afternoon. And then two games tomorrow evening, they're playing 12 there the next two days. The Phil Cox Memorial Tournament, obviously Kokomo is the headliner, but locally Plainfield, Mount Vernon, Warren Central all being a part of that. 
Um, but but there are gyms that I need to go to that are farther north. So since I'm in the South Bend area, I would probably say the gym that is in the oldest continuous use of any in the state, the cave, the home of the Mishawaka Cavemen. Oh, interesting. You ever done a game at Marion? At the Bill Green Arena, yes, I have. Um, and even for someone who is from a, a high school that is all purple, that's a lot of purple in that building. The Bill Green Arena, all the seats are now purple. That smacks you in the face when you walk in. But yes, I've been lucky to do a couple of games at Bill Green. Seymour, that's kind of in your old neck of the woods there, Andy Sweeney. You know, Greg, you know I've been to that Seymour gym about 30 times. Absolutely. I've been to that Seymour gym quite a few times. I don't know how many times, but yeah, I say 30. It's probably 30. It's a big gym. What can it hold? Was that where the... 8,000 maybe? Something like that? 7,500? Greg, was that where Romeo Romeo against Warren Central was, or is that a different spot? No, that is correct, uh, and I was there on the radio call that day for that one. I did the semi-state three consecutive years uh, at Seymour. Romeo played because that was the home of the sectional, the regional, the yep. semi-state. Um, I I want to say that he played like, almost like a full season of games at Seymour. Like Once you count the couple of regular <laughs> season games he played, I think he may have gotten to 20-plus games that he played in his career at that place. Um, the other place that, that would technically be north of I-70, and it takes my breath away every time I see it, and I'll see it next Friday and Saturday, and that is Newcastle Chrysler yeah. Fieldhouse. Yeah. And, and it, again, it is just, you are taken aback every time you walk in by the sheer size of that place. When you walk in at the top and you go, the floor is all the way down there, and this is a high school facility, it's crazy the size of, of, of the field house 60 years after it was built. Uh, someone just sent us, Richard just sent us a message, and he's spot on. I totally forgot about this. Does Greg Rakestraw have anything for the, for the fan that tried to check in at the IUPUI game with the LeBron James jersey? Have you seen this, KB? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't asked you about this. Made the rounds. Yeah. And that was part of Rake and I's oh, 337 <laughs> topics we covered <laughs> sure. in the five hours there and well, back. Well, Rake, give us something on that. I mean, that's I'm, look, I'm watching it right now, and it is pretty funny and ridiculous. Well, ridiculous. I'll, I'll give you that much. Um, so yeah. So so at the end of the at the IUPUI Linden one game last Saturday, I'm I'm kind of just you know there's a, two free throws getting ready to happen to the right of me, and IUPUI has a sub ready to check in, and here comes somebody else in a uniform that kind of matches yeah. that doesn't look like one of our players and. I go, huh, that's a fan from the stands that's trying to check into the game. And so typically, what you in a scenario where, like, say, in soccer, somebody storms the pitch or in football, you've got a field invader, as the the broadcast, try to tend to ignore it. You're not trying to give that person extra attention because then what happens? Well, more people try to do something like that because or they copycats. Get 15, yeah, they, they they get their fifteen minutes of fame. Um, I was a party of one in terms of those on the broadcast that you know note that, that that ignored it because clearly we put it on camera. Um, Bob referenced it kind of vaguely. So if you go back and watch the the the, the footage was put on TikTok or, or yeah. Twitter or whatever. That's what I'm watching um, right now. You, you basically, if 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 you're listening to it, one one thing that is absent is my voice until we huh. get to so counter to shoot too. 
So again, I'm doing my best to try to ignore it. Um, to be honest with you, I thought it was someone with special needs. Yeah, and and, and that's not and that's not to be that's not to, to denigrate the person, but kind of the way that 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 Matt Crenshaw, the IUPUI head coach, handled it by just kind of putting his arm around him. I'm like, oh, that's right. what it is. Right. So so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not going to make fun of someone in that situation. I've now I didn't know this person or his background beforehand. Now I because the Lord knows my phone blew up about it. Um, you know, I, I, I know a little bit more, and that was not the case. So I can tell you, having had an IUP when I came there last night, there were a few conversations with security about sure. mm, kind of restricting floor access a, a little bit more. But Andy, you got to remember the grand scheme of things. I've dealt with gunfire at games I've done twice. I was on the broadcast where Andrew Luck retired, and I had a coach resign to me during a postgame show once. So you've, in the you've grand seen it all. of things that I have dealt with, believe me, this is no big deal. Wait, wait, wait. Coach coach resigned postgame. Tell us more, Rake. So that happened in June of 2021 with the Indy 11, where Martin Rennie was about to coach his 100th game for the Indy 11. He was on game number 99. They had a spit of struggle, or a bit of struggle, and – um, basically, after I asked him the first question, he goes, well, I'm not sure I'm the guy to, 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 to do this job anymore. Huh. And he, he kind of expounds on that. And as you well know, in a broadcast, you've got like talkback buttons uh, where you can kind of get to the producer or make sure that it's just your, your partner that is the person hearing this. So I kind of grabbed both of them. And as so Martin, as, as the setup is at IUPUI, where we have for the Indy 11, He's about 15, 20 feet away from me. He's down on the track. I'm about four or five rows up. And I'm trying to do this as uh, as inconspicuously as possible, where I hit the talkback button. I looked at Brad and go, did you hear what I just heard? And he kind of nodded his head. And so I basically said, all right, we've still got three more questions to get through here. Let's let him finish his, set, his, his statement, but ask him about specific players and nothing else. So that way we, he does it try to bring this back up, or at least we're going to make an effort to not bring it back up. So we kind of get to break and, 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 and then kind of, kind of uh, figure it out from there. And so we do that. We like, I throw to break immediately. I get the producers here. You heard that too, right? And he goes, uh-huh. So, okay. So during this little two minute break, I'm like texting people in the front office. Hey, just so you know, I'm pretty sure Martin just resigned to me. <laughs> so, so <laughs> what did yeah, they say? Again, that came on the heels of after, dealing with the Andrew Luck retirement live as it was happening during the fourth quarter of a preseason game. So uh, I I think I've got an honorary doctorate in crisis communication at this point. Gosh, you teach a class or something. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I just keep watching. It's very, very odd what happened there. I, I, I had forgotten that because obviously it was, uh, it was several days ago. Now, Greg Rakestraw with us. Uh, How do the Colts win in Atlanta? That spread has moved, you know, three and a half, four points in the last five days or so. How do the Colts get the win and keep these good feelings going on this season? The same thing that they have done. And I, and I realize that this sounds so amazingly football cliche, what I'm about to say. So I'll acknowledge that first. But for this Colts team, it has been the absolute gospel truth. Win the turnover battle. Make fewer mistakes. This is a team that from a scheme standpoint, offensively, has done things so well again, against a good defense. I don't think Pittsburgh's a good team. They're a good defense. Against a good defense last week, they had star turns from Tyler Goodson, Trey Sermon, and DJ Montgomery. Those are guys with zero NFL carries entering the game. 
223 yards rushing in his career in three years, entering the game, and three NFL catches entering the game. And those guys all made big plays. That's about coaching. That's about putting guys in the right position. That's about having the right personnel put together by Chris Ballard, et cetera. So this team has the, has the intellect, has the um, ability, has the resiliency to find other guys that can make things happen. What this team does not have is the ability to spot the other team's short fields, the ability to, to, to win a game where they lose a triple battle. I know they had a punt blocked, and so one of the scoring cries last week for the Steelers was all of one yards. But when the Colts stopped making mistakes and stopped and started forcing mistakes, they rattled off 30 consecutive points. So I don't think Atlanta's anything special. Um, I, I think the Colts are maybe just a, a, a tick above average, to be honest with you. But there are things that they do exceedingly well, but I think offensive game plan and scheme is one of those things. So use that same formula in Atlanta on Sunday afternoon. Make fewer mistakes, and I like this team's chances to win a football game. He is the great Greg Regstraw. I thoroughly enjoyed our trip up to South Bend and the company that he helped provide there to and fro. Great driving as well from Greg. Thank you. I, I, was that some ice cube that you had playing when I got in the car? Was that correct? So I'm sure it was. Uh, put your back into it. Yes, uh, yeah. is what was bumping at, uh-huh. at the time. So you know, I have an I have an 18 um, channel rotation that I have, and as you can tell, I am a serial flipper. I'll give something three seconds. If I don't like it. Boom, we're going to the next. We'll keep scrolling until we find something. 107.5 is is spot number five on my car. It is one of two actual over the air radio stations. That is on the rotation, so you guys should feel honored. Gosh, I do. I feel greatly honored. I should have observed that more. Uh, great musical selection, great sports selection as we drove up to South Bend. We know the team in South Bend, Rake, uh, they couldn't be further from the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, I believe the team that you call will also not be in the NCAA tournament no. this season. Um, I, I kind of do this annually with you. I think it's the first time I've done it here on these Friday appearances. Uh, if I set the over-under of State of Indiana NCAA tournament teams at three and a half. Three and a half teams from the state of Indiana making the tournament. Where are you going? Just a bit over. So, Purdue, obviously. I think Indiana's going to get enough wins to get in. I think Butler's going to get enough wins to get in. And then one of Indiana State or Evansville, I think, can win the Valley and then potentially Ball State or Purdue-Fort Wayne could win their respective leagues. So let's say it's four. Okay. So if the over-under is three right. and a half, I'll take the over slightly. That's a big number it is for big recent number. years here in the state of Indiana. Right, because we were so small. I remember one year it was six teams that, right. that made the postseason. Um, and, that, it, and we've had years where nobody has made the postseason. There's one definite, that is Purdue. There are two that I think that are trending in the right direction in terms of both Butler and Indiana. And again, what you really have that's different is the mid-majors. Again, you've got a couple of stragglers like Valparaiso and IUPUI, but Indiana State, they could have a special year going. Again, they're 10-1. and They play at Michigan State next Saturday before they get back into Valley play. But Indiana State is really good. Purdue-Fort Wayne has had a good year in the Horizon League so far. And that's a team that is almost completely new. They had a had a very experienced group last year that just fizzled 
after a good season in 21-22. So John Kaufman's done a great job up, up at Purdue-Fort Wayne. Evansville, again, they've had a couple of, of, of sizable losses, but still their record is by far the best it has been in a long time as they head back into Valley play uh, as, as they hit the next weekend. So, um, that, and, and Michael Lewis' team at Ball State also, even though Indiana State got them last Saturday, Ball State's off to a good start and doing so with a lot of Indiana kids on that roster as well. So I think amongst that group of three or four, maybe two, but I think at least one of that group will be an NCAA tournament team. And if it's Ball State, be the first time that would be the case in 24 years. Greg Regstraw with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at bracketology. IU, Indiana, you know, Indiana State and IU both in Joey Brackett's uh, latest bracket uh, a day ago. Oh, he's or got so. IU in it. I thought he, they were way out. Well, they were out, uh, but he's got him in. The North Alabama win pushed him in. Well, I mean, when you beat North Alabama by seventeen or whatever it was last night, it's a big win. People start to pay it. Bracketologists pay attention. Uh, Rake, what's your schedule? I know you mentioned a few games already with us. What's your schedule the next few days? All right, so two games in Kokomo this afternoon, uh, one game in Speedway tonight, uh, two games in Kokomo tomorrow night, and you can see the championship game on my Indy TV. Again, I think it's likely Kokomo against could be any of, of the Warren Plainfield town of Mount Vernon trio. Obviously, Colts on Sunday afternoon, and then I get all of three days off next Ooh, week. Wow. How about that? Good for you. 26, 27, before it's then. Hall of Fame Classic, Paul Logan Classic, IUPUI Basketball, more Colts football. So I do get, not in a long stretch, I do get some three- and four-day stretches off over the next couple of weeks, which uh, my voice and family will greatly appreciate. Rake, you remember that fourth Final Four team in 1994? Uh, that would be Arizona. Yeah, since that stumped me for like, like at least three counties uh, on the way to South Bend <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, there, were, there was some road trivia that was going back and forth on the drive to South Bend, folks. I noticed the cruise control went off, and you really gunned it there as you started to think who that fourth Final Four team was and that the leading score in the tournament. Much as you could not believe you road trip to see the Citadel beat Notre Dame by 20, <laughs> uh, that was my frustration. And I go, Dimitri Hill played for Florida. Andrew DeClerc was on that team. That was Grant Hill's last run at Duke. I remember Arkansas winning it because, you know, President Clinton was there, and I couldn't think of Khalid Reeves and the Arizona Wildcats. I choose to think of the highlight was your Irish old-fashioned and my daredevil liftoff before the game. Yeah, and if I had known they weren't selling beer at the arena, I would have had a second old-fashioned. Well, had I known they lost by 20, I might have shotgunned my daredevil <laughs> liftoff, but I don't know if Jack Swarbrick in the back of the Morris Inn would have approved of that You guys could have taken there. your own little, uh, little shooters, your yeah, little bourbon shooters into the game. Maybe needed a flask for that. that. That campus, A, was so beautiful. <laughs> And B was so deserted because final weeks was the week before. We could have taken an entire sixer out of the bar. They would have noticed as we would have walked to the Joyce Center. Without question. Shout out to the great Ryan Owens, though. It was a nice tour yeah. we got of the practice facility before the game. Ray, can't thank you enough. Fun trip. Uh, have a great holidays with the family. Enjoy the calls the next couple of days. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you, fellas. Greg Rakestraw right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, coming up. At 9 o'clock, busy night of hoops. Let's lead it off. Morning check down. Morning. <clears throat> 
Yeah, let's start with the Pacers. 116-103 losers last night in Memphis. Quite the scene. John Morant's second game back, but his first game there in Memphis. Played 34 minutes. He was okay. Uh, 20 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Post-game, Coach Carlisle talking about the return of John Morant. I thought Morant played well. He's a great player. You know, it's it's great for for our league that that he is back and, and playing. You know, at at his level. Bad news for opponents trying to guard him and trying to play against the Grizzlies. You know, I'm happy for him that he's back and seems to be doing great. So, you know, good good on him for the work that he's put in. Yeah. So so Josh's been fine. Uh, Carlisle, players' coach. You don't want to just, I mean, why would you badmouth John Morant there? I understand he's asked about it. Morant's coming back and everything else. But I don't think John Morant coming back has <laughs> has anything to do with the health of the NBA. I mean, that's just me. If John Morant was out of the league. I do think a lot of young uh, kids like him. I mean, I yeah, I guess. I, I, I think, think he's they a pretty too. popular jersey in the younger demographic. I, I was really hoping Rick Carlisle was going to be like, yeah, we had to bring five extra security team members <laughs> for the game. Yeah, we thought he, you know, 7 of 16. He didn't play that well. I thought we did a fine I, job I against John Morant. I was like, all right, night. well, whatever. I, I know they're kind of walking into a bit of a buzzsaw there. But, you know, with the starters only playing 28 minutes or less the previous night. Uh, I, I, w- I was thinking they could go in there and make it a lot more competitive in the fourth quarter than they did. It is their worst offensive night of the season, 103 points. That is a season low. Again, Tyrese Halliburton, ever since the in-season tournament, the turnover numbers has been very high for him. The shooting numbers have struggled. Two of 12. Uh, no one, from a consistency standpoint, you know, sidekick-wise, is there for him every night. And the bench, for how well they played against the Hornets, really poor last night for that group. So uh, back to 14-13 and 13 on the year, losers of 5 of 6. It'll be the magic, all their length, all their size, coming into Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up on Saturday. All right, the other hoops last night. Let's start with the first game. That was in Mackey. 100 for the Boilermakers of Purdue. Do they do anything for scoring 100? Everybody yeah, get You like, get like free Chick-fil-A or something for Triple X? Yeah. You know, something like that. <laughs> you get a slice of pizza somewhere? Yeah, they should. Braden Smith, Fletcher, Laura combined for eight, and Purdue still scores 100. Edie at 18, Lance Jones 16, Trey Kaufman, Wren 15, Miles Colvin, the freshman from Heritage Christian with 11. That is an easy cover for the Boilers over the Dolphins of Jacksonville. <laughs> and then in Bloomington, it was a very rare, borderline out-of-body shooting experience for the Hoosiers last night. They make 12 of 24 from behind the arc. Andy Sweeney, that is a Mike Woodson record at Indiana. Oh, is it? 12 threes, the most in the three seasons that Mike Woodson has coached. They've made three-point attempts wow. for this season coming into last night. Six, six, four, four, four. Three, 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 and one. So they had six or less threes in every single game this season. 12 of 24 from behind the arc last night. All right, so obviously, 25 assists and Malik Renew, a career high. Malik Renew, four threes. And he was good. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Renew's not going to hit three or uh, four threes. And Anthony Leal had a three. So I, I kind of take Renew. Isn't like, that Mr. Two, Basketball, uh, Anthony Leal? How take, dare you Who, by the way, him. is probably crushing it in Bloomington, okay? Uh, but I'm taking his three away. Is that off the floor? Uh, you off were the floor. Him? And I'm taking a couple from Renew away. Though I'm saying at least three of those were fluke threes. Is that okay to say? Yeah, I don't mind saying it. By the way, I think the other thing coming from 
from this game. Hasn't been talked about much. I, I don't know. Just it's, it's two straight games now. Anthony Walker's been he's been yeah, good agreed. in double figures mm-hmm. again. And Baco's been in double figures seven games uh, in a row now. He hit a three last night. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to provide a couple positives from the Indiana Hoosiers. There haven't been too many this year. This was one of them. And as we head into Christmas, the Xavier Johnson injury watch. When does he return? Obviously, will be. A big storyline. Eight days off for Indiana and Purdue. Thursday night football last night, 30-22 there in L.A. The Rams over the Saints. The Rams now, I mean, obviously the first team to play this week. They move up to the sixth seed past the Minnesota Vikings. Stafford, 328, two touchdowns in the win. Kyron Williams, a buck 04 and a touchdown. Puka Nakua, nine catches, a buck 64 Puka. and a touchdown. Puka uh, as the Rams, 30-28 over the Saints. Does your last name have to be Nakua to have Puka as the first name? It's a great name. Would Puka Bowen work? Greg Nakua. Doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> yeah, as much. Yeah, Ben. No. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, yeah probably Nakua. doesn't. No, he just got stuffed in a locker. Yesterday. Yeah, now if you're going to have Nakua as your last name, it's got to be something creative. If yeah, it can't I be Chad as your first name. the NFC West or the rest of the NFC to represent that conference in the Super Bowl, who would you take? Okay, so you're giving me the NFC West or or the field? NFC West or the rest of the NFC? Who are you taking to represent that conference in the Super Bowl? Oh, I mean, I guess I mean that that's how much do I love San Francisco, right? I mean, I love San Francisco, but I would I would take the odds on on everybody else. If you're giving me Lions, Cowboys, anyone in the NFC South, you're giving me the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Yeah, I'll take those. If I'm no. getting Cowboys and Eagles, I'll take it. Give me the Niners. I'll ride with them. Andy Sweeney, not speaking like a Giants fan with that comment. Oh, by the way, bet the Eagles. Just bet the house on them this weekend. Whatever I'm starting it is. their I defense it, and fantasy. Are you? God yeah. bless you. I yeah. don't think they're very be good, good defensively. Go. But so you're it, deep in the playoffs. It's like second round here, right? Is it DeVito? Yeah. Oh, of course buy, it's DeVito. Actually, yeah. You yeah. see how much? Uh, how many of the things he's been trademarking? Like he's going to make well, pasta sauce some pizza and everything scandal now? Scandal or something. He was supposed to well, make an appearance. He was at a supposed. Pizza shop. Yeah. He was supposed to make it for ten grand, and then he's like, "Nah, the price went up, buddy. It's going to be twenty grand." And so I guess the guys put him on blast, and he, he went and I guess he did it for free, it or for maybe free. the or maybe the initial ten grand. I'm not sure. Yeah. He did it for free. It's a story me and Mark were talking about before we went on air. Yeah, what? your boy was getting a little bit too cocky. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, his agent, you think, I, I, his you agent think just had a little to clarify bit. some statements. I Man, saw no there. offense, but imagine paying ten grand to that guy to come, you know, flip a little pizza dough with you. Come on, I mean, he can't bring in that much. New York Zah, man. People uh, do desperate yeah, things well, for that. You're not wrong. Uh, all right, you're on the other wrong. side, a very, I think a very promising Colts injury report for certainly their two best players offensively. I guess a couple of things to keep in question as we head into the final practice of the week. We'll explain that, dive more into Colts and Falcons here in Week 16. It sounds like Andy Sweeney on the fence here as we give our picks coming up as well. It is the wake-up call. KB and Andy, 93.5107.5, The Fan. Aren't the old school songs better than anything new Christmas-wise? Don't you guys feel that way? I'm a big uh, Brenda Lee Christmas. Mm -hmm. Well, I just feel like every, every, you know, I released a Christmas album. Here's a couple songs, and here's nine covers. And I'm always like, the nine covers, like, nothing beats the classics. Yeah, I feel like we don't make... 
We don't make new good Christmas songs anymore. That's the way I feel, but I don't know. Anyway, KB and Andy hanging out with you. I, I don't know. Is that's, that a hot take? That's the way I feel. I don't know. Uh, hanging out in the drivehuber.com studios. Reminder, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, is going to be joining us here coming up uh, in about 30 minutes or so. Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers quickly before we get to our Colts picks. Do you have any, do you have any take on that? I, I 12 thought, years, $325 million. I thought you just had like a verbal vomit there saying that name again. <laughs> Yamamoto. Yeah, it shows Isn't you how you much I know it? about baseball. I was like, damn, that's a lot of money. I've never even heard of this dude. Yeah, he's never played in the majors before. So well, well, he's over deal. in Japan. There I, you I, go. I figured the Reds would be in on I him. Mean, I figured you would know. I figured the Reds, the Reds would. Reds just the, have this rich history of Japanese baseball <laughs> the players. Reds, the Reds would, uh, you know, throw out 300 and some odd million Mark, dollars. fill me in. Is the Dodgers the, have spent $1.1 billion, billion dollars this offseason. They've gotten Shohei Otani, who was in attendance for uh, Rams Saints yesterday. Now they got... Uh, Yamamoto. They got Tyler Glass now and Manuel Margot from the Rays in a trade. So they are locked and loaded. And I don't know if the other 29 teams are. Yes. Yeah, he's a pitcher. He's like not a hitter like Otani. He's He's been like the MVP slash Cy Young three straight years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the the other 29 MLB MLB teams are aware that free agency has started. They're allowed to sign players, but the Dodgers are quickly <laughs> becoming public enemy number one. They're pushing the Astros to the side. No, they're number and, one. Uh, no, yeah, they're, they're, they're the new evil empire. They yeah. are spending the most money. No, it was Dodgers, Mets, Phillies, and Yankees all made bids of uh, $300 plus million. We're going to give our Colts Falcons pick here in just a second. Uh, we have a TV in our studio for the first time in several weeks. Yeah, and that, I can't see it. Yeah, You've been I watching know, it the entire show. Not a great spot for you. And they're showing Puka Nakua highlights from last night. The dude is strong as oh, dude, hell. Dude's running people over, man. Oh, he's good. I had some numbers here. Boy, Let me see if Stafford. I can find him. He's good. I mean, I guess the Colts saw this this season, but man, Stafford has still got it. Now he to- totally had. To- I mean, he was. They were bad last year, and then Stafford was out last year. Wasn't that it? And I mean, how many I games feel did he like miss? That did he miss a game or two this year? Uh, I think he did. Yeah. Did uh, Brett Rippin get a start? I believe he. And did. are we one play away from Carson Wentz in the playoffs? I mean, I guess technically we are. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, we are. Well, you say yeah. it was so much doom and gloom that we are one play away from Carson Wentz in the playoffs. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yes, he's, he's going to be backup, on a right? roster, but if something happened, he could actually play and or start in a game. I'm with you. He's the backup. Well, they better hope that doesn't happen. One Stafford hit away from, can you imagine, Eagles, Rams, playoff? <laughs> Somehow I've never that. seen a quarterback panic as easy as he has done. What no Carson Wentz is that right there? <laughs> I now have changed my thought. I have the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. I now need the Eagles to win the NFC East. I need the Eagles to be hosting the Rams <laughs> round one. And I need Fletcher Cox to injure Matthew Stafford on the Man. first series. Yeah, I don't need that. I need the Eagles to get out of the playoffs. They, you they had that happen don't we with all Brock Purdy. Can you imagine Carson Wentz in Philly first night game? Oh, I kind of now that you've mentioned it, I kind of want that to happen. Yeah, come on, let's yeah. go! I think I, I'm on the train. No, Kev. stop it! I don't need to give an Eagles. Uh, I don't need to give those evil Philadelphia well, Eagles a Car- free win in you the playoffs. You know that Carson Wentz can lead the Rams. No, I will take the Eagles minus the thirteen That's and a, a half or whatever MVP it is. MVP favorite Carson I, Wentz. I, I, you're I talking know, about. I there. know what I'm. I know who I'm talking about. From the optics you're goading, alone, you're goading me on because you know my thoughts on Carson Wentz. It's supposed to be a happy day, full of cheerful. Uh, it's supposed to be. Married uh, today, okay? You're the you're the Scrooge that wanted <laughs> a bunch Scrooge. of bad Christmas on. No. All right, I, I think I'm on that train, Kev. I Mark, want that to welcome, a, welcome aboard. 
Colts, on Falcons, over. 1 o'clock Sunday. That's a Fox game. Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth, our... Uh, Stink. Uh, our radio crew or our radio broadcast will begin at 10. Again, we've talked about it really all week long, but especially these last couple days. It's very interesting to observe those in Vegas having this line shift from the Colts favored by a couple to the Falcons now favored by a couple. And again, I think it's an encouraging injury report for the Colts. I mean, I, I guess no Zach Moss. I guess no Brain Smith. But you know, Jonathan Taylor, full yesterday. Michael Pittman, full. I, I you know Maybe if Vegas knows that all of a sudden... The Colts are going to hold them out, but I would say they're trending in a very positive direction. Matt Gay looks like he will kick. I, I don't think that all of a sudden shifts the line greatly. Does Taylor Heineke shift the line? I don't. Heineke's been bad for Atlanta. Yeah. I know we have PTSD in this market by what Heineke did to the Colts last year with the Commanders, but he's not been very good over the last year or two. No, I mean, I'm looking. He, uh, da, 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 da. like 50-something percent this year with the Falcons? <sighs> yeah, I, I, I'm I'm, ser- I'm searching. I mean, his completion percentage, 55%. I mean, I don't know, three touchdowns, one interception. Anytime he's played in a game this season, they've lost. <laughs> I mean, I'm searching for what it would be. Do you want me to go first? Because I have my score. I don't mind. I mean, I'll go sure. first. Um, I the, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back with the Colts. I'm going to have the Colts winning 26, uh, 26-19. Um, you, know, you were wishy-washy, so what What all of a sudden changed? I, I just think, listen, I think this team's better. I just think the Colts are a better team. I think they have the better coach. I think they have the better quarterback. I think uh, while they may not have on paper better skill position guys, if you tell me, okay, now they have Jonathan Taylor uh, who's coming back, that evens things up. And then on top of it, Atlanta doesn't get the ball to those guys, right? I mean, Drake London didn't have his first catch until the third quarter. I know it was a rainy game in, uh, in in Carolina. I guess you could worry a little bit about the running game, but Atlanta, this is a team, KB, that cannot get out of their own way. I think that has to be part of the analysis as well. And I guess I've been searching for something in the gambling world to tell me, okay, what are we looking at? I here's here's a few numbers. Indiana has covered. Uh, Indianapolis has covered five of their last seven uh, games. They're seven nine and one against the spread against the NFC. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much that number I care about, Boy, but that, that's Atl- reaching for Pluto. Oh, it, it is. Trying to find a Atlanta number. has failed to cover five of their last six games at home. They're just two six and one against the spread in non-conference battles. I guess I'm thinking they're going to be dead. 26-19, it's still a one-score game. If you told me it was a one-score game, I wouldn't be surprised. If you thought it would even be a little bit closer than this, 27-23, 27-24, I wouldn't be surprised. This one's odd just because the next two being AFC games matter so much more. Uh, and I know Atlanta's up against it. I just don't believe late in the year some of these teams some of these bad teams are going to get it together. We saw that with Pittsburgh last week. I'll say the trend continues in Atlanta on Sunday, 26-19 Colts. They keep winning, and we talk about them still being in the playoffs on Monday. 23-13 Colts. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much fret over this one. Um, I think Atlanta's teetering big time. Um you know, for the umpteenth week in a row, it seems like you've gotten the headline of coach, quarterback, future in question with Colts opponent. And I think that's definitely on the table here. It is, you know, notable to me that Atlanta is a very, again, nondescript defense. Their secondary probably has a few more names. 
Uh, they do play a lot of kind of press man coverage, so I am curious how the Colts will handle that. Uh, but they have been pretty good defensively. I think a lot of that is byproduct of they've just not played good offenses, to be totally honest with you. Um, I know they're getting a couple guys back on their O-line. If you want to look at a little bit of a reason for why Atlanta might be a slight favorite in this one, but boy, it just seems like their season has been has been defined by why did I draft Kyle Pitts that high in fantasy? Why did I draft B. John Robinson that high in fantasy? Like They just don't get those dudes involved. Uh, so I, I don't think they score very much. 23-13. Can I ask you something? When's the last game, and I'm trying to even remember our analysis of the Steelers. You had the Steelers winning that game. I'm not picking on you. I had no, the Colts. I, did. Yeah, I had uh-huh. the Colts winning, but I didn't think. Yeah, I thought TJ Watt would be. Well, I didn't think they would drop 30 straight on him and make it kind of a joke in the fourth quarter. When's the last game that you can remember where you said I'm not fretting over this game with the Colts? Because mm. that's what to me. Yeah, probably Carolina and New to, England. Yeah, to me that's a strong statement. I mean, be Carolina, but you'd have to go back to two years. Before those two games, would, would there be yeah. anything last season that you would say? I guess my point is, <laughs> no. the last few years, yeah. there haven't been many Colts games where you've sat here on a football Friday and say, I'm not fretting over this game, and the Colts would be on the road against a team who's trying to make the postseason. I think last year's game that we would have fretted about was the Colts-Texans opener. Like, oh, they got no Deshaun Watson, this, that, and then they tied them. You're like, <laughs> tied oh, okay. Had, had to scramble for your life to tie. Yeah. They, they, shut, they shut out the Texans. Uh, a couple years ago in Houston, so maybe that would be the last one. Mark, are you going clean sweep here? So I would feel more comfortable if Desmond Ritter was under center over Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is one of those guys for me, which I can't explain why I like him, but I do. I think he's a serviceable Ooh, he backup. Drinks Bush Light on the team plane. I, there, there you go. And I think he also gets skill guys like Drake London more involved than uh, Desmond Ritter would. I am going Colts. I am going Andy Sweeney. And I have almost identical scores. I said Colts twenty six twenty. But I think Heineke could give the give the give the Falcons uh, a little more juice than Desmond Ritter can, and that Falcons defense. You don't really think Atlanta Falcons in defense too much, but their defense is actually pretty solid. So I will preface that while I'm picking the Colts, the the Falcons do kind of scare me a little bit. I do think, and again, game. Pittsburgh went totally opposite. Like if you would have told me last week Pittsburgh gets off to a thirteen nothing start, I would say, wow, that is gold for them. Uh, of course, they're going to be in the game the rest of the way. Obviously, they were not. It does feel like with how much Atlanta is teetering, if you can get on them early. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Does that yeah. you know, lead to some internal or a lot of guys on the sideline being like, guys, this isn't it. We are done. We are toast of toast. Because, again, for them to have any chance of making the playoffs, they have to win out. And even with that, they still need, they some, need help. some help. right, from so, Tampa especially. Uh, that's where they are at. Right. Do you now. think the Colts get behind in this game? I mean, we've seen it them get seems, down seven nothing, thirteen nothing to Pittsburgh. Right? Yeah, I'd like to see them stop that trend. Now, if you get down fourteen nothing and come back and win more often than if you get up ten nothing and lose, uh, I can deal with it. But I think that would be one thing. I'm looking for the Colts not to be down and us sit here, you know, second quarter, third possession, ten minutes to go until halftime, and we say the Colts need something here. They need to steady things. They need to get something going. A quicker start to me would be. Yeah. Better. I mean, they were down against Tampa, they were down against Tennessee, they were down against Cincinnati, and they were down against Pittsburgh, right? So each of the last four? If yes. For whatever, yes. Yeah. I feel like it's almost every game with them. If for whatever reason you're, uh, you're a Colts fan that happens to be going to this game or in the Atlanta area, uh, StubHub, $19 Ooh. for tickets. Yeah, last, yeah I was, I was going to say, I saw 20 in the upper deck yesterday. I mean, I was a little surprised when Josh Kendall was like, yeah, um... <laughs> it's going to be half full. But you know Atlanta fans anyway. There's some fair weatherness there. And they don't like their coach. And, they, and their quarterback stinks. Right? <laughs> it's Christmas. 
<laughs> Jaden Daniels time, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have other things they can worry about in, we, in hot Atlanta. We nerded out over a few of these numbers yesterday for those that might have missed it. Again, 3-0, and Colts in the playoffs. 0-3 the rest of the way, they're not in the playoffs. The other six scenarios look like this. To Andy's point, if you beat Atlanta but then lose to the Raiders and lose to the Texans, you have a 3% chance at making the playoffs. If your one win the rest of the way is just the Raiders, you have an 11% chance. If your one win the rest of the way is just the Texans, that jumps to 26%. Now, under the two of three win scenarios the rest of the way, if your one loss is to the Texans, it's just a coin flip. It's 54%. So even if you win the next two but lose to Houston, it's still a coin flip. I mean, think about that. 10-win team? Yeah, that, these and it'd stats, be a coin flip. Th- these stats are messing with my head. Now, now, if one of your two wins is Houston, so let's say you beat Atlanta, lose to the Raiders, then beat Houston, 87%. And then this furthers Andy's point about Sunday with Atlanta being the least important of the three. If you lose on Sunday, and then you come back and you beat the Raiders and beat the Texans, 94% chance. So a loss on Sunday inevitably could lead to a bit of DEFCON reaction from the fan base. If you look at the numbers, though, it would not mean that, necessarily. Yes, your margin for error would shrink a whole lot, and you'd have to scoreboard watch a whole lot, etc., etc., but for the umpteen time in a row this week, uh, just flex Colts and Texans right now. Flex it to what? Sunday what did night. we say? Sunday well, night? Is that what we're thinking? Or flex it to what? Yeah, we had, we had kind of debated... You know, in our meeting, in our post show meeting one day, like when would you flex it? You know, what the NFL likes to do is kind of have the standalone game at 8 30. Well, like, you know, win and get in. But was if, Packers Lions last year? Did you right. say that's Aaron Rodgers lost at home? But if other games Thank you. have impact on Colts Texans, they're going to want to put that at the same time slot as right. other. So I'm just throwing this out there. If Jacksonville, for example, has not clinched anything, they're going to want to put Jags Titans right. at the same time as, right. as Colts Texans. So maybe they flex that to like 425. Um, so, and there are, what did we look up, Mark? There were two Saturday games last year. Yeah. Two Saturday games, which had minimal, But those have very little impact, right? Yeah. It was like Chiefs Broncos, Chiefs, Broncos right? and the, yeah. the Chiefs won. They locked up the number one seed. And the other one was like Eagles, Cowboys. And that was strictly like. Uh, the Cowboys were fighting for like fifth or sixth seed or something like that. It was very low stakes on the Saturday. Yeah, games. they both were in because the Eagles won the East by so much last year. Yeah. And they, so for the Cruise last year, this the, year not the case. The win and get in game seems to be the ones that NBC and Sunday Night Football circle and say we want those as like one team's going in, one team's going out. Right. That's how it's going. Which again, you might have like Bills Dolphins for the AFC East. You could have one of the NFC South games have that same sort of feeling. So. Um, this will not be decided until after the Raiders game. So what we know about the Colts is this. 1 o'clock Sunday, Christmas Eve. 1 o'clock New Year's Eve against the Raiders at home. That'll be the Raiders on a short week, by the way. The Raiders play Monday night, or uh, Monday but sometime here, coming up in Week 16. Week 18, that season finale at home with, with the Texans. That is unknown. We'll find that out uh, coming up late Sunday into Monday in a week. Can All I right. ask you a question about the Pacers on the other end yes. before we get to Matt Taylor? Please I just want to kind of kind of what we all think about one item as the Pacers lost again last night. Pacers chatter up next Matt Taylor in 10. 
Yeah, happy holidays. Thanks for joining us here on this Friday. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us here coming up in about eight minutes. We always appreciate that. Be safe out there. Hopefully uh, everyone has a safe holiday weekend, and then we'll be back for a few days, and then New Year's and everything else. But uh, a lot of sports, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of friends and family time. Hopefully everyone has a good time doing that. I wanted to ask you a question, and truth be told, the last few days – uh, I was going to, you know, I, was, I had this kind of on my sheet here and then the Pacers went and they beat Charlotte and there was some feel good and, and rightfully so. Our conversation, KB, was, you know, slump buster talk, 3 a.m. At, <laughs> at the bar kind of conversation around the Charlotte Hornets and, you know, the Pacers did their job and everything else and then, you know, we said, how much is that going to mean? Will it carry over? And it didn't carry over too much. They lost by 13 last night, uh, got down 20. 20 some odd. It just, just, you know, didn't play great basketball and only scored 103. And this is a team that scores a buck 27, 128 points. Yeah, it's a season low. And, um, you know, Halliburton, we've went over the numbers, the turnover numbers since the play or since the in season tournament, uh, since that Lakers loss and everything else. And you mentioned. You know, with Halliburton, you mentioned this, I, you know, earlier. Hey, with Halliburton, it's one of those things where you know he needs a running mate, he needs a Robin, he needs a Pippin, he needs whatever you want to say, and you're right with that. And it goes back to a couple weeks ago, KB. We had the conversation around them making a trade move. You know, we talked with Scott Agnes and others about it. Hey, you know what? What are they? What are they going to do here in the, over the next several weeks? And some names came out. OG Ananobi. Was, was one of those, Pascal uh, Siakam, a couple different guys there in Toronto. And we had that conversation and really the last week and a half, two weeks, I feel like it kind of went away. You know, with them, with them losing the way that they have lost here, five out of six, and again, the lowly Hornets at home, the only win, has it changed your mind about what you want, what what you've wanted them to do, and I guess I would say in season because after the season we understand there'll be a couple decisions to make. Obi Toppin's contract will be up. Brown, you know Bruce Brown, what will they do there? You've I don't want to say been harsh, but you know, hey, he's a twenty million guy. You're going to pay that much money. You need some more return. So not even specifically those guys, but going out and being aggressive specifically during the season, has that changed at all given that they've lost some games here and the last couple weeks have been kind of ugly with this team? No, it it hasn't. I I have not been one that you need to push all your chips into the middle of the table in season or even necessarily maybe like this coming off season. I've been more of a let this grow, see how guys ascend into their variety of roles, good and bad. Um, again, see what Benedict Matherin looks like as a starter. Obviously, he's not one now. You know, see how Bruce Brown reacts to being in a much different role than he was in. Uh, you know, even Tyrese Halliburton now is an all-star and kind of that bullseye number one on the scouting report. Um, and then, uh, you know, you've got Halliburton in a contract for five or six years. Probably that means one giant swing, maybe two, but you would like to think one giant one early on in the front half of this contract and then you get to the back half and you kind of reassess right, things. Right. Um, but I've just never viewed it as you need to rush into this massive swing. And you see it all the times that teams do this, and it just doesn't really work out too, too well. Um, now, I am an advocate for poor man Thad Young at the trade deadline. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, a, a bigger defensive-minded wing. That's That's where... 
on that, I don't know, maybe Thad Young would kind of be the ideal sort of thing, not, you know, given his age, but, you know, maybe saying poor man's is is not too accurate by me there. Uh, but that that's where I'm at. And again, I don't think you got a mortgage future for that. Uh, if you don't re-sign Buddy Heald, maybe that is a P. You know, you trade Buddy Heald for more of a defensive-minded guy. Um, uh, you have two first-round picks next year. You know, maybe one of those is is, is kind of something that you explore there. So um, I think I've kind of beaten that drum throughout, and I don't think the last couple of weeks greatly changes my thought process. Uh, you won 35 games last year. I think it's foolish to expect them to have gone from 35 to 55. So um, I don't think you need to panic, but at the same time, I think making a move for a very defensive-minded wing that is again, uh, uh, you know, six eight six nine. That's the route I would try to pursue. Do you think? Do you think they'll move Buddy Healed? Last one before we get to Matt Taylor. Do you think they'll move Buddy Healed? We had Bob Kravitz on. What was it yesterday? He was pretty adamant. He thinks that's something. That's a move that they should make here in the next whatever weeks, months, whatever it may be. I think it's something you have to look at, especially if again you don't view him as a guy that you're Wait, going you to resign. Find out about Matherin, don't you? I, I Just like a little Buddy bit more. A lot, and I think he can help you. He hasn't shot it obviously great here lately. Um, but at the same time, when your defense is as poor as it's been, um, I think you have got to look at those things where every move you make, and this gets back into our Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi debate from a couple weeks ago, every move you make, the first thought's got to be defense in my mind. It can't be offense, offense, offense. I think it's got to be right. a little bit more defensive-centric and then obviously see how your pieces fit around that. Next up, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. We didn't jump on KB when he said uh, during one of his live reads earlier, you said, I hope it snows on Christmas. Don't you it, want that? It's, I, I wouldn't mind it to you snow. look out the window yeah. and see a little well, snow? I, I wouldn't mind. It's going to be 55. It's going to rain all day. I think, that sounds Monday. miserable. Yeah, that so, stinks. Yeah, I guess I would rather have 35 and a little bit of an inch Just of snow. Just wake up the snow. I'm not saying yeah. it needs to snow all day. I used to live in western New York, so you guys can bleep off, both well, of uh, both of you. Bust, I'm kidding. you bust some of that here? <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. I think Matt Taylor would agree with you. Matt Taylor, do you want to wake up to snow on Christmas Day? Absolutely. Christmas Day, where I don't have to be anywhere or go anywhere, <laughs> snow all you want. The 26th, get the hell out of here. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm good with that. Boy, you guys want a very controlled I, environment. We do. Yeah, that's exactly what you want. See, have you seen 465 lately? I don't need anything else to, to make that worse. I'm good. Snow makes my life miserable. I don't want to drive in snow. Get now, the hell out of here. Now, travel-wise, Matt Taylor, as a father of two, this is not a bad schedule. I mean, yeah, you're playing Christmas Eve afternoon, but you should be in your home at a decent hour Christmas Eve night to set out the cookies for Santa, right? That's right. Yeah, I told I told Molly, my oldest, my my seven year old today. Shout out to Molly. Her birthday is today. The big number seven. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. birthday, Molly. Let's go, man. Yeah. Birthday and Christmas. Pray for you and Sam. Now, who's yeah. got it better than her the next few uh, next few days? Wow. Yeah, man. Life is good. Life is good for her. So yeah, today is a big day. She's got her last day of school is today. So she brought in donuts to her classmates. She's got the Christmas party. She's got a birthday party later tonight. What's, She's uh, living her best life, man. She'll be uh, up till no, midnight. I'll be I'll be home by you know latest nine o'clock on Sunday evening. And I told her I said if you can wait, you know to to wrap up uh, some presents and maybe open up one or two before Santa Claus comes the next day overnight. Um, you know, Dad would really appreciate it just to see that light in her, that little sparkle in her eye. Sure. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that. And I think she's going to, I think she's going to hold down the, uh, the patience and, and be able to do that. <laughs> At least that's what she said. Are we getting a, a Christmas 
and or Santa centric call out of you at any point on Sunday? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. Because I, I know you think? had a down. You know, down goes Rudolph. Had Mason Rudolph played more last weekend, right? <laughs> well, Gardner. Well, Gardner Minshew delivers the present. On you know, I mean, something you know, like Buckner that. Buckner rips off Rudolph's nose after a sack. That's I don't right. know, something like that. Samson Abacom plays the Grinch in Atlanta, you know, something <laughs> cheeseball city. I don't know. I mean, those things just have to flow. They got to be organic. You can't plan them, right? I know you hate that answer, but I know, whatever I know. we get, that's what we get. I think it'll be it'll be, you know, time time for the moment. It'll be appropriate for for whatever happens. Matt, what a, what Matt, a PR statement. It, it by really Matt is. Uh, Matt, he's a professional. He's uh, he's buttoned up today on this football Friday. Matt Taylor joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, so the bad game against Cincinnati, and then it's thirteen nothing there early against Pittsburgh. What were you guys thinking in the booth? I mean, the rest of us were thinking, "What the hell's going on here? Is this going to happen for a second straight week?" And especially to the evil Pittsburgh Steelers, and then thirty straight points, a lot of feel good in that second half. Kind of set the scene. What you were thinking before? the offense really turned things on there on Saturday? Well, I just remember I go back to what I talked to with you guys last week about. I think I think it was you, Andy, that asked me, you know, the, the special team stuff. You know, what, what what was your worried level about the special teams from the week before in Cincinnati and, and making sure that was just kind of a one thing and, and not something that was going to carry over? And I said, pretty confident that those special teams uh, blunders are going to get uh, shored up and, you know, they didn't, at least in the first half, you know, with a punt blocked. And, uh, you know, you've had Matt Gay missing some field goals here lately. I mean, the last two weeks you've had, you know, a muff punt, a block punt, some big kickoff returns allowed, a PAT missed, some short field goals. I mean, the special teams got to get cleaned up. But, I mean, as soon as uh, the Steelers, they, they got that, that uh, block punt and then returned it down to the one-yard line, uh, then they got into the end zone a couple plays later. You're thinking, how in the world in this – enormous game in terms of, of playoff ramifications. You know, it's a home game against the Steelers who kind of psychologically represent, you know, just something different in terms of the venom from the fan base. And, uh, you know, it's an AFC game. I mean, all of those things, you know, standalone window, 430 on a Saturday. And here you are, you're down 13 to nothing in the blink of an eye to really a bad football team. I mean, Pittsburgh, I know they got a lot going on right now, but um, certainly they're not going to be confused with one of the best teams at the moment in the AFC conference. And here you are down by two touchdowns early in the game. Um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a good feeling. There's no doubt about that, but give credit to this team for rallying back and, you know, scoring 30 unanswered points and, and playing what I call Steichen ball. And I know, you know, coach Steichen didn't, didn't really, uh, you know, he wanted, he, he was modest and he, we had, that's Colts football, but, you know, go back to what he talked about at the beginning of, of his introductory press conference, right? You're going to throw the, the score and you're going to run to win. And that's exactly what the Colts did last Saturday to beat the Steelers. So just really impressed with their ability to bounce back. And, you know, that's kind of been a theme, unfortunately, for this team is, is having to bounce back in these games. I think the Colts have given up 81 points in the first quarter of this season, which I think is the third most uh, in the NFL this year. Um, they've had six uh, scoreless first quarters this season. Um, so that's not a recipe for success. But I think, you know, this, this team has, has proven that it's, it's got a lot of different layers to it. And, you know, it's not going to panic and it's not going to freak out if it doesn't go well early. They show a lot of resiliency, and I think that's just culture. That's buy-in, you know, from, from the top, from the head coach, Shane Steichen, in terms of what he's been able to kind of implement um, at, a, at an early point in training camp and how that's uh, carried forward here heading into Week 16. 
This one from Kirk. He goes, I bought a new big ass snowblower. He wants six to eight <laughs> inches on Christmas and then 70 degrees the next day. I think we can get behind that. As long as Matt Taylor is, you know, back in his, you know, in his home and not, you know, stuck in Atlanta in there. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, with us here. Again, it is Colts and Falcons, 10 a.m. Sunday. Our coverage will begin. That's what you need. You need to, you need to live next to the guy that has the pool. Or the You're damn right. Great point. Snowblower. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. how many times a year are you going to use a snowblower around here? Maybe maybe one? We want so the we dog next door. We don't want to pay for the vet bills, but we want Rosie to pet the dog next door. That's exactly right. You want a dog three doors down. They got yeah. a dog. Go uh-huh. pet the dog. Yeah, actually, That's three right. doors down is probably the better part of it. Yeah, you don't want to hear that barking too, too much. Uh <laughs> All right, unsung guys, Mayte. I know you've done some research on the D.J. Montgomery's, the Tyler Goodson's, the Trey Sermons. By the way, I had to laugh yesterday when Jonathan Taylor was talking about the Steelers game, and he goes, man, watching that, didn't it feel like a Wisconsin game? <laughs> like, like late in that game, just run after yeah. run after run. Uh, Goodson, Sermon, Montgomery. Uh, honestly, sounds like a priest or a pastor on Christmas. Any of those three? A little bit of background, a little nugget, wherever you want to go. What do you find interesting about those three? Because this time last Friday, Matt Taylor, they couldn't be further from the conversation. Yeah, I don't, I don't think a lot of Colts fans knew who, uh, what number, uh, you know, Trey Sermon was or, uh, you know, DJ Montgomery, Tyler Goodson. Uh, I'll give you something interesting that I, I talked with, uh, with, with Tyler Goodson about this week. You know, I asked him, we were talking about, you know, the great game on Saturday and just the, the validation of that game you know, gave him and the confidence boost. You know, he got his first carries in the NFL last Saturday, next man up, right? And it's it's always that balance. I mean, Trey Sermon talked about that this week, too. It's always that balance of, you know, showing compassion and being there for your teammate, right? When Zach Moss goes down, it's like you, you, you have to compartmentalize so many things of, of being there for your teammate, but also at the same time, you know, in the back of your mind, it's like, oh, bleep, it's it's time to go. Like, I'm the guy now. And I think Sermon dealt with that. Certainly Tyler Goodson dealt with that. But I asked Tyler in the locker room this week, I said, you know, no disrespect, but I said, how did you you get here, man? Because your resume is really good. I said, you know, you're an all-Big Ten guy. You are a star running back at a running program, just like, you know, Jonathan Taylor was. You know, he alluded to the Wisconsin throwback game. That's what Tyler Goodson was at Iowa. He was a 1,000-yard rusher with the Hawkeyes. And I just was like, how how did you – I don't mean to like, you know, he's pick fast. Out he ran a fast 40 yard dash time coming out right. four, four. Right. He had, he had everything that you seemingly need to, to kind of have a, a, a good chance of, you know, cracking that code in the NFL. And I said, I mean, no disrespect, you know, and I didn't want to pick at the scab, but how did you, how did you go undrafted? Like, how did that happen? And he just looked at me. He's like, dude, I have no idea. And he said, it gut me. It absolutely gut me. Um, I, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't ready for it. I was really surprised by it. And he said on draft weekend a couple of years ago in 2022, I guess, he said when that, when the, when the seven rounds went by and the three days were over, he said, I just sit, I just sat and cried. And he said, I just, I bawled like a baby. Wow. Um, but he continued to fight. I mean, he got his chance to, you know, make the, uh, the Packers practice squad last year. And he was kind of buried behind their two top backs. And he knew that it was going to take, you know, some some circumstances for him to see the field, and it never happened. Um, then came over here with the Colts, same thing. He's behind the top two backs and Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Well, both guys are banged up. And I just think it speaks to, you know, to, to paint now with the broad stroke with all three of those guys, with Montgomery, Sermon, 
and Goodson, I think it just speaks to their level of professionalism. They're young guys, right? You're talking about 24, 22-year-olds, um, and, and they just have that ability to stay ready despite not getting a lot of reps, if, if any at all, with the first-team offense and practice. And to, and to be able to you know, prepare as if you're the starter and take those mental reps because you're just one or two plays away as last Saturday exhibited. So I'm just really happy for those guys personally and individually. And again, for Goodson, you know, his story of, of uh, you know, being really, really you know, gutted with, with uh, the expectations of, of wanting to be drafted, not seeing that come, and then finally get, get his chance in the, you know, to, to maximize that opportunity. So many times in this league, you just need to give somebody a chance, and you'll be really, really pleasant, pleasantly surprised with what they can do with it. And that was the case with all three of those guys last Saturday. The Colts don't win that game if those guys don't step up the way they did and they don't handle themselves as professionally as they do. Trey Sermon, 5.2 yards per carry. Goodson, 6.3 in a Montgomery. Had the two catches, 48 yards, and of course had the touchdown. Could have had another one. He bounced back from uh, some stuff happening in the middle of the game that he needed to forget about. Uh, you look at Atlanta, you know, I made the I made the case of Matt Taylor with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline uh, radio voice of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I made the point that Atlanta could be a little bit like the Steelers, coach, you know, embattled right now, no good quarterback option, weapons on offense, and a nice defense, but weapons on offense that we like, but that have underachieved. You look at Pittsburgh, that is the case this year, uh, and you look at the Atlanta Falcons, that is the case. And so if you're the Colts, can you kind of do the same thing, put a team out of their misery for the second straight week? But this spread has moved quite a bit, three and a half, four points. It's now Atlanta favored by two two and a half. I'm not going to ask you about the the gambling line, obviously, but what do the Colts need to do to win the game and not lose and kind of take away a little bit of that rope that they have right now in the playoffs? Well, I think you got to get off to a good start. I mean, to your point, Andy, I mean, this is a team right now that is beyond teetering. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons, they come in. I mean, two weeks ago, they had a chance to really do something in the NFC South, really kind of make their mark and, and take control of that division. And the exact opposite has has come to fruition here, where they've lost two in a row inside the division, back-to-back losses against Tampa and Carolina. Last week's loss, I mean, based on everything you read coming out of Atlanta, last week's loss was one of the worst defeats in franchise history, where they lose without giving up a touchdown. They lose to a 1-12 in football team. I know the weather conditions were awful, but that was a really bad loss for Atlanta. And, you know, Arthur Smith is on the hot seat. They're changing quarterbacks. I think if you just get off to a good start in this game, right, if you're up 14 to nothing early second quarter or midway second quarter, you kind of put any doubts of, of them, you know, I mean, they're, they're all professionals, right? There's no doubt about that. But, you know, just, just take all of that fight out of them um, and, and give them something else to worry about in the back of their minds uh, as they head into halftime in that game. But um, I, I think if you look at their team and, and you look at the, the weapons they have, this is a game that, that really, I don't say scares me, but it's not going to be a layup. I mean, there are no easy games in this league, in the NFL. I mean, all these games come down to the, the fourth quarter in the last four minutes. And, you know, with them switching quarterbacks and Taylor Heineke, I mean, he's a guy that's already beaten the Colts, and he's got a lot of confidence as far as playing this Gus Bradley defense. I mean, last year he threw for 74% completion percentage, almost 300 yards, 
led a game-winning drive with the Commanders and, and scored the last or the uh, the game-winning touchdown with under a minute to go in that game last year at Lucas Oil Stadium. And you, you like his mindset too. I mean, he's an eight-year guy. You know, he's taken over late in the season. He's got a lot of confidence, but he's also he understands where he's at in his career and the situation that he's in. And I like what he's saying, you know, from, from his standpoint, I'm just going to go out there and play loose. The more I think, the more I try to be perfect and, and stress over all the little details, you know, it kind of gets in my way. I think that's kind of what has held us back as a team, as an offense. And so I think from the approach standpoint, you're going to see a team that's got nothing to lose, right? If they lose on Sunday, they're pretty much done in terms of making the playoffs. They're not going to win the NFC South. If they lose on Sunday, they're guaranteed their sixth straight non-winning season. So I, I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at the Colts. And this defense for Atlanta is good enough to hold down the Colts. I mean, you wouldn't know it by a 6-8 and eight record, but they got one of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, they're top 10 in several critical areas, right? You're talking about points, uh, total yards, first downs allowed, third down defense, three and outs red zone defense, fourth quarter defense, they're elite in all of those categories, but their Achilles heel has been, you know, closing teams out in the last two minutes. In fact, in their last four losses, Atlanta has given up the game-winning drive of at least 70 yards in the final minute of the game to give up, you know, the game-winning touchdown or the game-winning field goal. So you can tell that defense kind of has the weight of the whole team on its shoulders because the offense has been so inconsistent. But I think with them changing quarterbacks and Taylor Heineke having a different mindset and a different approach where he's just kind of, kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of grip it and rip it, not worried about the mistakes, get those you know, top playmakers more involved than what they have been. And uh, Drake London and Bijan Robinson and, and certainly uh, Kyle Pitts. I mean, those guys, that, that trio, I mean, by the way, that, that group is their last three first-round draft picks. Uh, those three guys last week combined for just 13 touches. I mean, that's inexplicable. So I think you're going to see a heavy dose of uh, the big-time playmakers for Atlanta and Taylor Heineke, hopefully for their sake, um, gives them a little bit of a shot in the arm, but it's up to the Colts to, to squelch that and, and to put a bad football team out of its misery early in that game coming up on Christmas Eve. Give that to our listeners one more time, Matt, on the end of game, I guess, futility, if you will, from the Falcons. They've given up what are the drives there in these one-score losses? They have given up fourth-quarter game-winning drives in their last four losses. So each time in every, every one of those games, the Falcons surrendered long drives, all covering at least 70 yards to give up the touchdown or the field goal that cost them the game. Dear Lord. Man, no wonder Josh Kendall said to us yesterday it'll be half full, he thinks, on Sunday. Wow. That is uh, – yeah, because it, it's amazing when you look at the last two months – Saints and Jets are only wins, but you look at the losses, they're all by five points or less. Now, exactly. you know, it's not like the competition's been great for them, but still, um, just excruciating. And boy, it seems like the NFC South door is still open but, with the Saints losing last night. But but that's what this is. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a full game right now out of, out of first place in the NFC South, and the NFC South is unquestionably the worst division in, in the NFL. But still... From a probability standpoint, they still mathematically have a shot, right? If they win their last three games, I saw something yesterday. If they win out, uh, win their last three, their probability of making the playoffs is like near 70%. Yeah. So that's why they're making this switch right now at quarterback with Taylor Heineke. Um, You know, it's, it's, this is their last home game. Uh, The Colts played their last road game. 
um, that, that this is their last ditch effort, I think, to make something out of this 2023 season. And I think they're going to try and, and, and play for Arthur Smith, who again is on the hot seat. This will be his third straight losing season if they lose on Sunday. Um, so this, this is a, a team that really kind of, again, it, it's very formidable despite their record. I mean, that's what this NFL is. I mean, all of these games, I mean, they're, they're, I think they're, what, four and six? got to look it up. But they're very poor, obviously, in one-score games. The Colts are really good in one-score games. They're five and two in games decided by one score. So that, that separates the good teams from the bad teams because every game in the NFL comes down to the last couple of minutes, and it's just how good are you in crunch time? And that's where the Falcons have uh, come up short this year. Yeah, they're four and six in one-score games, Matt. You were right. Four and six. There you go. Yeah. Does Molly Taylor open up birthday presents tonight and then, you know, Christmas obviously in a couple days? Yeah, she'll do the double dip, man. She'll do oh. the double dip. She'll she'll go tonight hardcore with grandma and grandpa coming over, both sets of grandparents coming over, and they'll have trunk fulls of stuff. You know, they'll have uh, a lot of knickknacky stuff and, and Molly will be get a big, big kick out of that. So excited for, her. you know, she's uh you know, she's one of those kids like gets out the calendar like in August and then just starts, <laughs> you know, marking off the days and counting down the time. Um, but yeah, this is this is a big day for her. So yeah, birthday presents tonight and then uh, you know Christmas Eve uh, when Dad gets home. Hopefully, you gotta love it. Happy seventh birthday right there to Molly Taylor. Dad, safe travels to Atlanta. We'll be listening obviously Sunday morning and uh, enjoy the Christmas with the kids, man. Uh, you guys, too. You guys, too. I appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas and have a great weekend. Same to you. That is voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. My mom has a cousin uh, named Holly. Okay. Holly was born on Christmas Day. She has a son named Sam. Can you guess what day, holiday, Sam was born on? Thanksgiving. <laughs> Should I know? Is he also born on Christmas? I, I was trying New to Year's? think of the Sam Thanksgiving connection. What? What am I? Was no, there a pilgrim named Sam? No, I mean I don't know what Sam. What am I missing? I feel I feel stupid. What am I missing? Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. Fourth okay. of July. Okay, there we go. Oh, good for them. Might Look be at a that. Samuel Pilgrim. Samuel. I, 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 I see Samuel be a I pilgrim. I all seriousness. I'm like, you know, Sam sounds like a pilgrim's name. Sure. <laughs> what do I Needs know? Needs to be something a little more uh, old school. Can I ask you guys something on Arthur Smith before I, we I get to a check down? I don't I love my birthday so close to Christmas. Oh, well, see, my, my, I do. Mine's on the 7th, and I, I actually... Yeah, but that's a couple weeks away. You, I mean, you still get the double dip. You get more excited about the holiday season then, because you're like, I, not only do I get presents for yeah, what Christmas... What about the other 11 months out of the year? Oh, who cares? That's yeah, fine. See, so my, you more in the more my, in the festive se- season. But mine's in July, so you know, at the end of the school year, they'd be like, "And happy birthday to everyone who has a summer <laughs> right, birthday." Right, yeah. So I never got to stand up and get yeah, the love is, of yeah, having Rosie's a, in a yeah, yeah. Of having a March birthday. So I, I don't know. Yeah, mine's a little bit more spread out. Can I ask you guys something on Arthur Smith? Yeah, I know nothing about Arthur Smith. Uh, it's fine. You don't need to. He'll be fired. He'll be you know maybe he won't. He'll be back in Atlanta. We'll win seven games, eight games next year, and lose a bunch of one score games as well. Do you think he thinks like when when you, when someone does the mullet look they're either someone who lives in the country I feel like or they're Gardner Minshew who you know it's ironic and it's it's fun and it expresses his free will if you will okay is Arthur Smith doing that with the mustache only I, uh, Does he think uh, yeah, it's a I good don't. look, or is he doing it because he thinks it's funny and ironic? Like, you go back to Andy Reid and Mike Holmgren are the mustache guys. 
there's not too many younger coaches. Like, Sean McVay's never going to say, I'm going to have a mustache. But if he did, you'd be like, well, he's in L.A. There might be some hipsters in L.A. It's kind of like the in thing to do. But, like, Arthur Smith, I can't tell if he's trying to do it because he's trying to be the next Mike Holmgren or he thinks it's, like, a funny, quirky look for him. I we, can't figure it maybe out. Maybe he didn't realize Mo- Movember's over. And he's like, or maybe, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll keep It doesn't look like a very going. full mustache to me if we're going to no. get technical here. I, I would like to see Kurt Signetti go mullet. Oh, I thought you were going to say mustache. Right, how about both? Okay. Are you good with that? I, I, I'm more of, I, I think Signetti, in fact, I might be surprised he doesn't have a mustache. I was At some texting, point, I bet he did. Uh, text him back and forth. I win. <laughs> text him back and forth yesterday <laughs> with the great Conrad Brunner, uh, who is a diehard Georgia Southern fan. I didn't realize. Do you remember Dexter Williams, IU quarterback? Does that name ring oh, yeah, any no, sort it, of it, it bell? Yeah, no, it rings a bell. Yeah, absolutely. A couple nice moments yeah. a couple years ago. Suffered that just horrific knee injury in the bucket game. Oh, that's where he transferred to. Oh, did really? Okay. Kind of forgot about him in this quarterback cycle. So if I have this right, Trace Jackson Davis' brother Taven is still at IU. Yeah, and Signetti but, said they have like six, seven guys after the bowl game that they're they're just going to be waiting to after their bowl games to make an announcement. Transfer in. Yeah, that's how we made it so sound. The yeah. Curtis Rourke kid from Ohio. I mean, he's unquestionably going to be the starter, uh, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, new regime, new quarterback. So that's they got how you two get, center sell quarterbacks, tickets. and Taven Jackson, and then Tyler Cherry as well. Yeah, I mean Cherry sits for what at least a year. I mean, no one's playing as a true freshman. Not many guys, at least. This from Sam. He could be punking me here, but I don't know. He sounds smart. Sam chimes in. Kevin, Sam is most definitely a pilgrim name. Samuel Fuller was a passenger on the Mayflower and is my ancestor. I mean, I'm not messing with that guy. He sounds like he knows what he's talking Nothing about. Nothing like a quick yeah. American History 101 diversion. That ain't American History 101. That's American <laughs> History 501. Really and I'm confused here. There's also he's got no the way same to first him. name as this Sam guy. That means they're ancestors? I thought we went off last names. Well, I mean, you know, some families are into their family history, and I'm sure, you know, they have known for, for decades and decades and decades about this Samuel, and why not name him? It's, I mean, still, it's still a name that can, you know, resonate today. Kevin's related to every Kevin in the world. Kevin Bacon, you guys know, have ties. Like, yeah. Andy Sweeney's got some Andy Kaufman. Sure. Mark Summers coming my way. What does that mean? <laughs> Peppermint Bark or Hershey Kiss in the little peanut butter... Uh, Ooh. You know, circular thing around oh, it. Hershey Kiss. You know, Hershey Kisses are better, but given that we don't have the peppermint bark the other months of the season, I'll go with that. Yeah, we don't have that. It'll like a couple weeks uh, every single year. I'll go with that. What are thoughts on eggnog? Where we stand no, on eggnog? Eh. No, no, eh. no thanks. Even spiked eggnog? No. no. I'll spike, uh, it, yeah, no. I'll just stick with normal bourbon, Reminds normal me beer. too much of mayo and coffee. Oh. What do you mean? That should be happy times. Is Levis playing on Sunday or is he out? I'd have to check their injury report. Um, yeah, I would sure. have to. Sounds well, like Tannehill. Th- there was, yeah, there was a conversation. I know in Nashville, who would they play? Now, no one wants Malik Willis, so you would bring Ryan Tannehill into the game. That's probably who it's going to be. Now, if you're a Colts fan, you want this Levis injury to linger another week, right? Will what? Levis was a. F- Wait, that's not right. Never mind. I don't think he's one. practiced this week. When the Texans play the Titans next week, don't you want? If you're a Colts fan, you want the Titans, don't you want to see Tannehill over Levis? 
Oh, boy. Is it just because Tannehill, we feel, is washed and hasn't played in how many weeks with them? No, you is, want Tannehill to win the game. You oh, want you the want Titans Tannehill to beat the Texans. Uh, good point. So you're saying Tannehill's the better option. I mean, in the short term, Levis coming off an injury. I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm giving Tannehill too much credit. It is a high ankle sprain. I just feel like, boy, if you it have one of those. awful. Yeah. No, I it looked worse. his leg. No, it looked worse than that. It's, you know, a high ankle sprain. Like, Trevor Lawrence had one, and he came back in that game last week, and he looked terrible. Through what three interceptions? Maybe he should have taken a week off. Yeah, that's a rough one. Schefter said 16 hours ago, Will Levis did not practice today for a second straight day due to his, due to his ankle injury. So he's not trending in the right direction. That's for sure. David says he's got four year old twins born on the 23rd. Considering half birthdays from now on, yeah, I I, I would go there as well. You know, it's I June was, 23rd I, birthdays to me. Yeah, I was always you never want to have them coupled, but Matt Taylor was was talking about it so glowingly, like she's <laughs> going to get all of her presents today, and then wait a few days and get all those other president uh, presents. And I don't think Matt Taylor is the guy that's going to short his family when it comes to presents. So yeah. I don't know. He kind of convinced me a little bit that having the you know the back to back might not be so bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, yeah, your family's not going to short you. Freebie Friday. Speaking of things we're not going to short here, Freebie Friday on the pop oh, quiz coming up is in it? a few. How bad have you looked at it? Two three nine ten seventy. Uh, it looks horrific. Okay, yeah. okay does it's it? It's like a nineteen forty six question. I'm like Scotty, come on. Yeah, so good luck to anyone out there. Cole in the stocking of Scotty yeah. here for the pop quiz to round Oof. out the week. So we'll do that in a few. Again, three one seven two three nine ten seventy. Busy night on the hardwood. Not great in Memphis. Morning checkdown time. Yeah, 116-103, that's your final there in Memphis. Now what, uh, I mean, if you're looking at the Pacers, it hasn't been great. Now what, five out of six, they've lost the only win a couple nights ago to the Hornets. Uh, Two-point game at halftime. What happened in the second half? Here's Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, yeah, I had to watch the film. I thought our shot selection was probably poor. I missed a couple. Allowed them to get going on a little run there, uh, especially when we had the momentum. So uh, they did a good job. They, I mean, they... They're, they're a good team. They've been together for a while, so they fought back and had a lot of different guys contribute. So uh, we just got to take better shots. I, th- I thought I did, I did a poor job, uh, you know, leading the group in that stretch, and that allowed them to get back in the game. Coming up next for the Pacers, they host the Magic. That one tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And uh, season low in points. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, that turnover number, continues to be very high since the in-season tournament. Uh, bench was poor. Bruce Brown was poor. I, I was disappointed uh, in the effort last night. I, I get it's a back-to-back, but I had higher expectations for them than that performance. Uh, all right, elsewhere on the hardwood last night, 100 for Matt Painter's Purdue Boilermakers. Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith combined for was it eight points, I think, in the game, and they still score 100. Trey Kaufman ran in double figures, Miles Colvin in double figures. Um, so a big night for the Boilermakers before they are off now for eight days. Indiana also off for eight days, and Andy Sweeney, uh, with how they shot it last night, they might want to play three times in the next six days. 12 three-pointers. That doubles the amount of any game this season. 12 of 24 from behind the arc. Malik Renew, a career-high 4-4. Can Malik Renew hit threes, or was this like the first half against Kansas, and then Kansas leaves him open in the second half, and then he bricks him? I mean, if he can make threes, that'd be great for Indiana's offense, but if you're asking me, can he make three or four a game, I'd, I'd say no. I would say last night, he made four. Uh, not picking on Leal, he made one. Some of those threes are probably not going to duplicate themselves in other games, but they made 12 of them. First stress-free game of the season. 
for Indiana. Certainly 25 assists, a real big number. By the way, coming up for the pop quiz, let's start doing this because we got a lot of tickets to give away between now and January 5th. Uh, Butler hosting UConn coming up in two Fridays from now. So January 5th over at Hinkle. We'll give away a pair of tickets uh, to the pop quizzer there. Okay. Well, good for us. So yeah, let's good for do them. that on today's pop quiz. 317-239-1070 a big game. for that one. That is a big game. Uh, otherwise, in the NFL last night, we saw it Thursday night football. Rams 30-22 over the Saints. The Rams now move up to the sixth seed. We'll see what happens this weekend. Big game. Matthew Stafford over 300 yards. Kyron Williams over 100 yards. Puka Nakua, nine catches for a buck 64 uh, and a touchdown. So a good night for the Rams. Again, 30-22 over the Saints. Uh, And again, the Colts injury report heading into the final practice of the week. On the did-not-participate list of note, no Zach Moss this week with that arm injury and no Braden Smith still. If Braden Smith misses, I think that would be seven of the last ten, I want to say, he's missed. And one of those games, he only played three snaps. So, obviously... Uh, His injury-riddled season continues. But good news for Jonathan Taylor, full yesterday. Good news for Michael Pittman yesterday, also full. Those two getting to steal phrase from Chuck Pagano, trending in the right direction. Uh, Matt Gay was limited. He did not kick. He usually kicks in front of us, in front of the media when we're out there uh, on Thursdays, but he did not kick yesterday. Uh, They listed him as limited. I don't know if he kicked later on in practice, but... Uh, no kicker's been added to the roster, so as of now, I've got right pit, right hip injury will not hinder Matt Gay enough to where he does not play on Sunday, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Yeah, right. I don't know. I I don't know what to do. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I no. don't know. I I don't know what we're supposed to do with the Matt Gay news. The I, I just there's no backup at that position. Do they have someone they feel comfortable yeah. with? Sanchez at kick all? and Ellinger hold would that be it? I mean that would Minshew be, hold that would be the conversation. I but say Naheem Hines used to be the backup holder. Don't you feel like if they were really concerned that he wasn't going to play, they would have signed somebody? I they would, would have brought somebody in. They would have worked out at least a couple guys. I totally because, again, agree with you. I would you. think you would want that guy. You know, it's one thing to like, oh yeah, we feel good about him. We can sign him on Saturday. Well, you would want that guy to practice because you'd want him to get some reps with Luke Rhodes and Rigoberto Sanchez. As that operation there. I just feel so. like it's a rest situation. They're just like, rest up, take it easy. Right, but rest with an injury. I right. mean, there is clearly mm-hmm. some injury or else he wouldn't be on the injury report yeah. with that. All right, uh, let's do that pop quiz next. Again, pair of tickets to Butler and UConn will give away. 317-239-1070. All right, it is that freebie Friday. Plus some Butler tickets on top of it. So whoever gets picked here, who's got it better than you uh, going into this long holiday weekend? You ready to go, KB? You want to? I mean, I always put the onus on you to choose the uh, the contestants. So I'm let's ready. do and it again. A pair of tickets coming up. Butler, UConn, two week. Butler's got Providence right tomorrow at Providence. Oh, I need to look. But that UConn, that's a, that's a big game. UConn got blown out the other night too. Yeah, and we have seen some Hinkle magic certainly over the years in those Big East games. It's a it noon really game tomorrow at noon. Had Villanova's number tomorrow at noon you said Butler Providence Uh, so yeah two weeks from tonight again it'll be Butler and UConn at Hinkle we'll give away some tickets here in the coming weeks and we'll do a pair of them right now to whoever the contestant is because this pop quiz just stinks I mean this is the stupidest pop quiz I think I've ever seen (laughs) you've said that like three or four days in a row this one takes a cake Uh, okay by the way speaking of Butler I might have to be in attendance in uh, in February February 28th oh my man's gonna be in town Patino Ricky P? Oh, Ricky P's going to be in town if he hasn't done something to get himself in trouble by then. Now, where will he be the <laughs> night before? 
<laughs> we'll have to find out. He's an Italian restaurant uh, well, guy, right? What's the? What, a, what do you? What do you think? Can we get a Mama Carolla's well, uh, uh, Ambrosia private room here? Can Dan Cage get him a private room at Ambrosia? There, there's so many Patino Indianapolis. They lost. Um, they lost to Michigan State, and their their coaching staff. The rumors were they were out very late uh, the night before at different establishments. Uh, there's one. Uh, he was at, he was at a couple different steakhouses with some players. Oh yeah. Ricky P's been around Indianapolis. Right. I, I mean, he's been around. You don't worry about I think it. Ricky P's been around a lot. We could probably <laughs> so, just end it there. So I'll be there in February. This should be a good time. Uh, a Hinkle, a great, great atmosphere, of course. Uh, all right. Let's go with number. Butler's got two losses on the year, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, let's go two. with numero dos, Mark Dighton. Okay. That would be Eric. Hey, Eric. Eric. Good morning, man. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Eric, you a Butler fan at all? I will be. <laughs> Nothing says give me free tickets like that. Uh, if I asked you for your favorite Butler player of all time, who would you say? Uh, I'd say Rose Jones. <sighs> Rosie Jones. How about the floater against Gonzaga? Where I thought he's coaching somewhere nowadays. Scotty Evansville, does that sound right? Maybe. Well, Roosevelt you stu- Jones? You, you stumped him. You remember Roosevelt Jones, oh, Andy? Man. You gotta remember uh, that body and the awkward floater. Yeah, I mean, I remember him there. I don't know where he's at right now. So that I'm trying to find out where he's at. Getter, absolute bucket getter there. Well, Eric, congrats on that. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you, and appreciate you calling in for the pop quiz. No says, problem, you as well. It says Roosevelt Jones is currently the an assistant at Evansville. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you were right. I mean, you were right. You knew he was a local. So I think the connection there is the head coach for Evansville is David Ragland, and I think he came from Butler. Yeah, and last season he was the director of basketball operations. So At Evansville? Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, look, gotcha. look at us learn something today. Rosie Jones. Gosh, boy, he had a great... That was so funny to watch him score. Remember that Gonzaga game? They stormed the floor, college game day, I think. That was great. Epic. Uh, all right, Andy Sweeney. All right, let's go. Toss number one. Yeah, Eric. let's do it, Eric. Question number one. Top ranked Purdue pounded the Jacksonville Dolphins 100 to 57 last night at Mackey Arena. True or false? You got a 50 50 shot here. The Dolphins once played in the championship game of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. True or false? Uh, true. Eric's Good not. start. Yeah. Eric, you an eggnog guy? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I can be. The right things are in it. Eric's open to anything. I hope those right things aren't mayo. You care to share what the right things are in it, maybe? Anyway, it's an alcohol content. There you go. There you go. Well. He's open there to anything and everything. This looks like a man we need right by the beer lines and Hinkle coming up here in a couple weeks. All right, Pacers lost to the Grizzlies last night. The leading score. Oh, well, he's got some roots here. The leading score was who? Desmond Bain, Ja Morant, Obi Toppin, or Tyrese Halliburton? Bain. All right, question number three. Seton Catholic in I Richmond, like this. Uh, now they pick up, okay, just a little bit. In 1986. Is that JMV over there in studio at 9 a.m.? Was he recording something? Gosh. <laughs> thought I was seeing sleep. things. <laughs> He's looking good, though. He is. Yeah, hair looks magical. I'm telling you, JMV can do the the hair slick back. I wish I could do that. 
I just can't do it. Yeah, I, 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 I You either. know, some guys can pull it off. I just can't do it. In 1986, the Colts started the season 0-13 before heading to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium to face the Falcons. The Colts would pick up their first win of the season when they scored with 20 seconds remaining in the game. How did the Colts score their winning points? Again, this is back in 1986. Was it a 43-yard field goal? Was it a TD pass from Gary? Oh, boy. Hodgeboom to Bill... Hogaboon to Bill Brooks. I had no (laughs) chance on that one. I had no chance. Was it a return of a Tate Randall blocked punt? An Albert Bentley two-yard run? Those are your four options. Let's go with the blocked punt. Boy, wow. Eric's staring Scotty right in the face right now. Eric, were you valedictorian in high school? <laughs> no. Where'd you go to high school? Bless I you. went to Jasper High School. Have we talked Weasel before? Clear. Do you know the Cremps? Yeah. Weasel clear your schedule. Kristen Kremp, my sister-in-law, absolute legend there. Big family in the Jasper area. All right, Eric, this day in 1946, the Cleveland Browns won the inaugural All-American Football Conference Championship game, defeating the New York Yankees in football? 14-9 to in the four-year history of the AAFC. I thought that was that league that Bill Polian started a few years ago. <laughs> that was the, yeah. Who else won the league championship, all right? The 49ers, that would be San Francisco. The Los Angeles Dons. That's a great name. The Baltimore Colts, or the Browns won all four of them. Go Browns. Uh, all right, question uh, number five. The Los Angeles Dons had to be quarterbacked by Tommy DeVito's relative, right? <laughs> <laughs> Patino wishes he were alive. He could have, uh, you know, he could have coached that team. Anyway, question number five for all of Jasper, right here, Eric. Uh, this is for Michael it. Lewis, Scott Rowland, everybody, Kristen Kremp, all of them. On this day in 1983, the Pacers defeated the Nuggets 133-132 in Denver to snap the Pacers' 28-game losing streak. Again, this is in 1983. Which franchise? Road, road losing streak. Oh, sorry, Scotty's road yelling. losing streak. Yes. That would be historic if they had lost 28 in a row. I was thinking, that was, that's a lot of games. I don't remember the Pacers losing 28 straight. Which franchise holds the record for the longest road losing streak in NBA history? Is it the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Clippers, the 76ers? Uh, first thought that came to my mind is the Clippers. Mm. Eric, next time I'm in Jasper, where mm. do I need to go? It's a must-stop for me and Jasper. Snaps. Say it again? Naps. Snaps. Oh, snaps. Tell me more. It's just a neighborhood bar. Some good beer. Okay. Eat some food. I've stayed at that hotel right by the railroad tracks, and there's like a brewery next to it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think the Jasper like farmer's market sometimes uh, operates out of there. Yeah, I do know. Yeah. I haven't been there, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good little uh, little brewery there. All right, Eric. Congrats on the Butler tickets, boys. This was a hell of an effort by Eric here. Uh, number one, true or false? I mean, hell, let's just give him credit. He got it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, what was yeah! it? The Jacksonville did play in the in the uh, national play championship the game. Audio. Yeah, they played UCLA, 80-69. That was in nineteen seventy. Leading score last night, thanks to his elite trainer Taylor Ware. That would be Desmond uh, Bain see, with uh, thirty one. 
1986, it was a Tate Randall blocked punt. Yes! Is how the Colts scored with 20 seconds to go to snap the 13-game losing streak Number in Atlanta. Number four in the most useless trivia you'll ever have, the AAFC, the four-year history of it, the Browns. The splash! 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 <laughs> Pretty good. All four of them. And then How the, about number five? Uh, we got to number five. I'm sorry. You were wrong, my man. It's not the Clippers. It's the Kings. They hold the franchise record for longest road losing streak in NBA history. The King, That's unbelievable. Uh, Eric 40, 43 straight uh, from the 1990-91 and then into the 91-92 season. Wow. Is it bad of me that <laughs> I get joy out of the Pistons continuing to lose? Oh, I love it. You see the fans chanting sell the team last I night? I mean, how great is that? <laughs> yeah, she so. can still get it, right? Sell the team. Sell what? the team. I just wanted to play that real quick. He did. He got it this morning. Sell the team and do what? Go get another owner? I mean, I don't know. I mean, what's that owner going to do? Turn things around systematically now, with the where, Detroit uh, Pistons? What are we at? Are we one game away from the oh, record? We're, we're to what, 25 straight now? Uh, 26 yeah. is the record? Oh, I mean, they're going to hit the record. I need to look Who up it. Well, I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Pistons, da, 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 da. they have the Nets in Brooklyn. I mean, the Nets are, I mean, they're a fine team. They have a record that's basically the same as the Pacers. So, I mean, you'd imagine they lose that game. And they have the back-to-back with Brooklyn the Saturday, Tuesday. So they play at Brooklyn Saturday and then in Detroit the day after Christmas against Brooklyn. Then it's at Boston. Oof. So the Nets lose Oof. by one the first game of the year at Miami. No shame in that whatsoever. They come back, they beat Charlotte, they beat Chicago. They're 2-1 and one on the year with a one-point loss at the defending Eastern Conference champions. And they've lost 25 straight. It makes no sense. Yeah, I, I know Monty Williams is like, yeah, we're not rebounding. And like, and they've got like, guys yeah, you're on not, the team man. that I'm like, that is a talented human. <laughs> At least I think it is. <laughs> well, I mean, if they average 110 points a game, somebody has to score those points. It's like the Monte Ellis effect. I always picked on him <laughs> back in the Pacer day. Legend. Yeah. Are, we, are the Pacers still paying him? Uh, He's still probably. The dead but cap. I, I always remember in Golden State, it's like, well, he averages 20 a game. Well, like somebody has to average 20 a game. They score 100. Somebody's got to score these points. One final time, the wake-up call here as we get ready for Christmas. All right, long weekend. Reminder, we're going to be off on Monday. Thank you for everyone listening. Happy holidays. If you're traveling, be very safe. It's uh, it's going to be wild out, no doubt. Uh, the traffic's on all the interstates. Slow it down. You don't want a $200 ticket <laughs> for, your, uh, for your Christmas pleasure there. Uh, so slow down. Everyone be very, very safe. Have a Merry Christmas uh, as well. A few more minutes to go here. Aaron sent this to us, and I should have seen this from our guy Alex Golden. And that is, did you see Lance Stevenson's line oh, last night? night? Didn't he? He had damn a big right one. he did. Lancey. 22 minutes for the Iowa Wolves. They were winners. 121-92 over the Swarm. I think it's a Swarm. Yes, the Greensboro Swarm. Our guy Lance Stevenson, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. <laughs> Filling out the stat sheet. Almost had a triple-double. Oh, What's that, his third game back? Nothing says Merry Christmas like Lance Stevenson going near triple-double. Someone give him that 10-day. Now, aren't the Mad Ants hotter than you-know-what right now? No, well, the Mad they're, Ants are the best They're playing G-League some team, G-League right? showcase. Jairus Walker sounds like he's doing a nice job down there. I'm curious if he'll get meaningful minutes at any point this season. I'm going to go with yes. Bef- I don't know why I so feel that way. consistent rotational spot uh, at some point. I don't know about point. consistent, but... 
I, I think he's going to get a shot to play here in the latter parts of the season. And I would say that maybe they make a move. I, I mean, the other way would be if they're not in any sort of contention, which would be a disaster. I'm going to say he does get some clock uh, for the Pacers later on this season. Everybody have a great, great Christmas. Happy holidays. We can't thank you enough for uh, making us a part of your mornings here on such a consistent basis. It means a lot to all three of us. So thank you for that. Again, as Andy said, nothing on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. Everybody, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you then.